Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and people in attendance at home, from parts unknown, here are your hosts, Jason Turtleneck Hilton and legendary luchador Gringo Fantastico. It is now time for Headlines, Headlocks, and Hijinks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of Headlines, Headlocks, and Hijinks with Jason the Turtleneck Hilton and... It's been a long year since I've been gone. It's been a long year, my grown old... Oh, no, uh, Gringo Fantastico. Sorry, I got, I got off on a tangent there. My bad. It has been a long time. It, it feels has. like. Like, what, three? This is three weeks now? Three weeks. I don't know if one of us badmouthed Putin and he decided to take care of an uprising, wage war on a country, and also to <laughs> hell with that luchador and turtleneck. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he fucking hit us with an EMP because your computer fucked up the one time. And then, well, <laughs> me and my amazing until like computer prowess you know i got trained to do this in the fucking military and i fucked it up in my defense i never once fucking worked on a mac in the military so just saying not my fault but and it wasn't my fault anyway because i opened up the fucking computer and the board i pulled out the logic board after i unhooked everything and just pieces just started randomly falling off of it i'm like i'm sitting there like Steve Jobs, I hope you're burning in hell right now, you son of a bitch. So then my wife decides, you don't need to get a new computer because that computer was expensive, so you're going to have to take it in. So I take it into the Geek Squad or whatever the fuck. And they're like, that's not, you didn't buy it here and Apple won't touch it because blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, fuck me. So, and Apple's like, we won't touch it because you didn't buy it from us and it's a refurb. Okay. So there's a local person I take it to and the local person's like, Oh, well, you know, I'll look at it. And and so they, it takes them a week, about a week and a half to like, and I haven't heard back. So I just go in there randomly and I'm like, Hey, I just check in. Cause I tried to call them and fucking answer. So I went into the shop because it wasn't that far away. And I walked in, I was like, Hey, just checking in to see if you guys had a chance to look at my computer yet to see how much it's going to cost to fix it. And they're like, Oh, well, yeah, it's going to cost uh, $1,700 to fix it. And and the screen's cracked, so if you want that fixed too, it's going to be another $700. And I'm like, so you're telling me it's going to be $2,400 to fix this fucking computer? And they're like, well, yeah. And I'm like, I can fucking buy a better version of this computer for like $200 less than that. Right. Like, I understand that you need to get paid for your labor and shit like that, but I'm not going to fuck it. And, like, and then, then I'm starting to grab myself and leave, and they stop me. They're like, well... The guy in the back says that, uh, you know, if you want to sell us that one, you know, we'll we'll sell it to you, or we'll we'll buy it from you. And I'm like, ah, okay, well, you know. So I get home and I'm thinking about. It. I'm like, well, that might help offset the cost of a new computer because at that point I have to buy a new one, right? And so I <laughs> I call them back and I'm like, well, okay, how much were you would you be willing to give me for the this system? Well, there's a lot of work that needs done on it. So we could give you, you know, maybe a hundred dollars. I'm like, motherfucking, you're gonna fix that shit. It's gonna cost you about five hundred dollars to fix it. I know how much the logic boards cost. And then you're gonna resell the thing for like two grand. Bite me. 
Like, like this is why GameStop is going out of business. Yeah, I would rather look at the computer broken and just keep it as a fucking mantelpiece in my office to remind me never to open up a Mac ever again and try to fix it because I'm too incompetent to fix them, obviously. <laughs> and or there are faulty fucking pieces in there that apparently don't like to be. Apparently, when you remove the screen and because, you know, all Macs are like built into the screen and everything. When you remove the screen to get to everything, it's fucking like it doesn't like light. Like sunlight makes it fucking break. I don't know. It's maybe it's a god. Maybe Steve Jobs was a goddamn vampire and these are his vampiric children. I, I don't know. But all I know is it pissed me off. <laughs> and huh. But but yeah. So fuck that shit. Anyway. Oh, my favorite Geek Squad moment was I took my laptop in. I go in a week later and go, hey, I'm just checking on my laptop, seeing if it's ready. And he goes, oh, that laptop is currently located in Georgia. And I look behind him and go, are you sure it's not that one there? He goes, well, what makes you think it's that one? Because I guarantee there aren't many laptops with a racquetball sticker, a Triple H logo, and a Judas Priest logo. Like, <laughs> I'm fairly certain that's mine. See that one over there? It's the one that says badass motherfucker. Right. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I fucking love Geek Squad, dude. If only for the comedy. <laughs> exactly. Like, you can go in there. I love going into Best Buy. I'm in there, like, because I'm getting to that point now where I'm wanting to shop for physical media again for, like, like I don't like buying video games like digitally that often unless they're like cheaper and movies like i would bought a lot of movies digitally but now these fucking even when you buy and purchase movies digitally now they say that they can take them off of there uh -huh. even if you bought them and so now i'm like fuck that bullshit like i'm still paying the same price i can just go in here and buy the buy the fucking 4k version of this shit it has a digital code in it and a fucking blu-ray copy like, there's two fucking movies in there and the digital code. I get three movies for the price of what it cost me to fucking do it on Vudu. They fuck you in the drive-thru. They fuck you in the drive-thru. <laughs> I sound like Joe Pesci in Lethal Weapon. Sorry. Well, hey, God bless if you're the one person who liked Disney's Willow. It's gone forever, apparently. Really? Yeah, they, they got, they're they selling off Willow because no one was watching it. Oh, like and, the TV show? Yeah. Okay, and I was going to say. I'm hearing no one's buying it well it was fucking god awful exactly so if you're the one person who liked it it's gone the first mistake they made on that show i know we'll eventually get to wrestling but the first <laughs> mistake they made on that willow show is they shouldn't have made that willow show and the reason for the, and it's not that i didn't want to see more willow because i did i love willow willow's one of my favorite fantasy films of the 80s I fucking watch the shit out of that when i was a kid the problem is is the the best character in Willow isn't fucking Willow. It's Mad Mardigan. And when you can't put Mad Mardigan, because you can't recast Mad Mardigan, because that would automatically piss people off, unless you got someone who was fucking good, but they probably would have just cast Pedro Pascal. They put him in every fucking thing. Right. Um. But, yeah, like, you can't fucking have Willow without Mad Mardigan. So, and Val Kilmer clearly can't do it. Which is unfortunate because you know that's sad, but yeah, that was their mistake. So it's no wonder. I and I even then I still try to watch it. I made it through I think four episodes. That's fucking four episodes. See, they're what 
what are they like 40 minutes a piece probably yeah something like say. that so, so about two hours ish two hours total say 40 80 minutes yeah so so about 80 minutes 160 minutes looking at about two and a half hours yep maybe okay so that's two and a half hours of my fucking life i'm never gonna get back because that show fucking sucks i'm sorry and it's not because it's woke i don't care i don't care if your movie's woke if it's good you know, like, fucking have all the lesbians you want. I don't care. Have all the gay men you have. I don't care. As long as your narrative is good, I will watch your show. You know, I'm not a fucking fickle asshole. I will watch things that are good. I don't care. It's none of my business who the other characters are fucking unless you make that my business. And even then, I don't care. I'm just like, yeah, look. You know, like, that show sucked. That show just wasn't good. They they took and 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 the the what is with them casting the one the redhead girl in everything? Oh, the one from um Star Wars and the one from Captain Falcon and, and the Winter Soldier. Yes, like, I don't know. I, I I it's not that she's a bad actress, but like she's far overexposed. Well, not as much as uh fucking. I was gonna what? say Pedro Pascal, the chick from Wednesday. Jenna yes. Ortega. Yes. Oh like, my God. Fucking. You ugh. three need to tone it down a twinge. Yeah. And it's not that they're bad actors, because they're not. Well, they're not going to be doing much of anything right now. Right. We'll get to we'll get to that in a second. But, um, yeah, like they Hollywood's doing to them what Vince McMahon did to us with Roman Reigns for like fucking seven to ten years, jamming him down our fucking throats. And yeah, they do that with Mia Goth too. Fuck that! I don't. And it's not that Mia Goth is a fucking bad actress because she's not. Can you even say actress anymore? Or is that like considered like you can't? Because it's like you can't say stewardess anymore. I drew the line when someone said comedian. Uh, comedian is it like comediandy and comedian? Are they raggedy as well? I guess it was. It was the weirdest thing because hearing it, it's the same word just said wrong. Yeah, that's stupid. Like, or you could just say comedian and like just make it a fucking general, like actor. Like, are we allowed to say act? Are we allowed to say actress anymore? That's what I want to know. Is that a thing? I assume so, but I okay. also don't know the rules because I know the Oscars still have best supporting actress. So. And with everything being as weird as it is and everybody getting bent out of shape about every fucking tiny, stupid little thing in the world. That's the other thing about this fucking show here. I'm getting to the point in my life where I'm tired. And this might, people might get mad at me for this. I don't care, but I'm getting fucking tired of not being able to be myself. You know, like I'm, I am fantastico. I am who I am. I'm fucking tired of not being able to be who I am because I'm afraid someone's going to get upset. Now, I'm not going to be a dick to you because I'm not a dick, right? I'm not a fucking asshole. Like, I'll do my best. And I'll tell you a little story. When I was working in radio, I was in charge um, of the station. This was back in 2015. We had a um, female who was who was transitioning to male. And people were like, oh, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. I'm like, okay. So I sat down with her and I said, listen to him at that point. I said, listen, I met you as this gender, right? 
I'm going to do my very goddamn best to not fuck it up when I refer to you. Okay. I'm going to do, but I am old and my fucking mind slips and I don't remember shit. So if I fuck it up, this is how I talk to my employees, like verbatim. Like if I fuck it up, please do not take offense to it. It is not intentional. It's just because I fucking forgot and I'm old, you know, like, and, 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 and he was very, like he laughed. He was like, that is hilarious. And it's great that you came and told me it that way. He's like, so, you know, don't like, don't worry about it. It's cool. I understand you're a good person. You would never do that. That's how we need to do things. That's how shit should be done. Like, don't skirt around shit. I'm so fucking tired of having to skirt around shit for people. And I'm not going to do it anymore. Because I've skirted around shit, and I'm not going to get into details about specifics, but I've skirted around people trying to placate to their fucking egos and trying to be like a nice person, you know? But there's only so much nice I can fucking be before I lose respect for myself. And I'm not going to let these fucking penises, <laughs> I love saying that <laughs> that way, fucking do that to me. It's not fair to me. I'm nice to everybody. I don't fuck with people. I, I'm i a friendly motherfucker, right? I'm, I'm fucking friendly. No, like I'm friendly to everybody. I'm nice to everyone. And I'm telling you what, in just some of these industry people, not all of them, because I've met some really nice people and I, you know, in the industry, but some of these industry people are afraid of people being nice to them. And I don't know if it's because they're guarded. They're so fucking guarded that they are afraid to fucking like let their guard down to someone who's friendly because they're afraid they're going to get fucked. I totally understand how that could be a factor. I get that. But I'm not that guy. Especially if you've known me for a little while. You know I'm not that guy. So don't be a fucking dick. You know, like, ah, I'm not going to placate to your fucking ego because you have a fucking bad case of rock star cock. I'm not going to do that. If you don't know what rockstar cock is, it's kind of an, it's not necessarily like rockstar cock. It's just like, it's people who fucking like get a, a, an idea of themselves where they think they're fucking wonderful when they're just like everybody else and their ego is so fucking out of control. It needs to be checked. I've dealt with that shit in music when I was doing band stuff, fucking the rockstar cock in fucking local music is the worst goddamn thing I've ever seen next to end independent wrestling the rockstar cock and independent wrestling is the worst fucking thing i have ever seen in my life and all i want to do is get hedge clippers and pull lorena bobbitt with those fucking rockstar cocks seriously okay my rant's done sorry i'm i'm a little fucking perturbed about certain situations that have gone down and and i will say to to people and if and if if people are like oh He's, he's talking about me. If you're listening to this, you're like, he's talking about me. Well, maybe if you realize that I'm talking about you, maybe you're the fucking problem and not the fact that I'm friendly. That's Go a f- great way to end your stem winder. That yes. line right there. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So wrestling, what happened in wrestling? I'm all positive and happy now. I got that fucking off my chest. Jesus Christ. So we had As the Bloodline Turns, also known as SmackDown. 
which yeah. we started with the tribal court. Oh, now, we sure did. <laughs> j- just for laughs, 35 minutes of this two-hour show devoted to this. And from everything I've read online, that's why everything else was so rushed. It was like they went over by a lot. Yes. Yeah, because didn't some people get their shit cut because of it? Oh my god, the Seamus vs. Austin theory was nothing but commercials with like two minutes of action. The girls just ran out and started causing a schmoz with each other. (laughs) That had to have been a Vince McMahon fucking like audible. God, I hope so. Not I hope so, it's good, just if if that's not him, there's no other excuse. What are they just, are they just telling fucking Roman and those guys just go out and do whatever you want? Entirely possible. Fucking inmates are running the goddamn asylum over there on Fox. Like, they definitely told Solo, hey, when the lay falls on the ground, stare at it for like a solid five minutes and just don't move. (laughs) (laughs) And it really was just, I, I understand he's conflicted and whatnot. That being said, that was a long stare down with an inanimate object. (laughs) So I think that what we should do on this show from now on, right? Because wrestling, wrestling has been so, and I'm trying to be positive, but it's so goddamn hard. I think that going through like, like we usually do, unless someone like tells us go through everything. If someone wants to do after listening to this, they're like, no, you guys should go through everything. I'm completely cool with that. Want to know why? Because I'm a friendly motherfucker, right? Anyway, I think we should just touch on the fucking highlights because, you know, the headlines, as as it were. Of, I love of, this idea. Of what's going on during the week so that, one, we're not doing a, a four-hour podcast every night because we also need sleep and be completely honest my wife's getting ready to have surgery and i'm not going to have a lot of extra time because i'm going to be she's going to be on the shelf but aside from that there's not enough fucking good shit to talk about there's one you know we should just do an la night segment because that's the only goddamn thing worth a shit right now on wwe so on youtube their biggest numbers for this show was the bloodline angle and the dark segment that didn't even air where la night beat up hit row you're like, if that doesn't tell you something, I don't know what does. I'm going to call this right now. There's going to be one of two things that happens in January. Okay. Okay. One, they're going to let Cody win the Rumble again, which is a fucking terrible idea. You know, there are two fucking world championships again. Let him fucking go after Seth Rollins or Finn Balor, whoever the fuck. Probably Damian Priest. And have that fucking title. They, the other thing is they could let Cody win, and then it'll just be the same thing again. They may let him win the title this time. Okay, cool, whatever. But WWE needs to recognize what the fuck is right in front of them, and realize that they have a organic, for the first time in fucking twenty five years, they have a or a, a fucking wrestler who's got themselves over organically. I, I don't think I've seen this since Daniel Bryan and the no. Yes movement. No. And and yeah, this is, yeah, you know what? Okay, so maybe 25 years, this is wrong. But like, 
I'm comparing it to Stone Cold's fucking thing. You know, the fans organically just fucking loved him. We'll chalk and, it up to hyperbole. Yeah, yeah, hyperbole. Um, so if they recognize what the fuck they have, they're going to let LA Knight win that fucking Royal Rumble because they're going to get a huge pop, right? That's going to be a huge, if he wins, when Cody won, no one gave a fuck. No, because they all knew it was coming. The the Fairweather fans did, like, you know, like the young kids, and I guess that's not really nice to say Fairweather fans. The, the, The newer generation? Yes, and I don't want to say Marks because that's rude too. Even though Axel Rotten did tell me once that Marks is, is a term of endearment, um, one of those rare occasions where I got to speak with Axel and he wasn't fucking on something. No offense, Axel. <laughs> I had great conversations with Axel, but anyway, yeah, like that's that's what they need to do. Though they need to let him win that fucking rumble. That pop is going to be massive. And then they're going to let him, they should let him go in. They should have a heel champion. All right. So they should let Roman hang on to that fucking thing and let him fucking take those titles off Roman. You know, I don't know. Everyone says, oh, Jay Uso is going to be the one to take the title. Jay Uso is not. If they didn't see Sami Zayn as they fucking. I was just going to say that. Right. I'm sorry. I should let you talk more. I'm on. I'm, no, I'm in, you're good. You're good. I've, I've had like 15 energy drinks. Believe me, if you wind up hearing singing, it's just because you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> okay, fair. All right. So, and feel free to interject whenever you want to, because like I said, I'm not trying to hog the fucking spotlight here. That's not what I do. This is more of your show and I'm here with you. <laughs> so, this, that's what, but that's what they need to do. And they need to let fucking LA Knight win fucking have him Jey Uso is not going to win that championship because like you and I just discussed and I went on a tangent forgot what I was fucking talking about now I remember that if they didn't see Sami Zayn as a potential fucking champion to take Roman Reigns down they're definitely not going to see Jey Uso if anyone that's involved in that whole thing will be the one that take Roman down it's going to be Solo Solo, Jay, Jimmy and Jay, they've been so pre-established as a tag team that seeing them in singles, like, I just don't, I don't, I mean, it, I'm, they're great. I'm not going to say they're not good, but I don't see it. Like, they've without, been pigeonholed. And with the tag team division, without the Usos, it's floundering again. Yeah. Like, great. So, Sammy and Kevin beat the Usos. They took that part of the bloodline out. Now they're in not funny segments. No, like they're like you have fucking Kevin like trying to control his temper, which is not funny. And then they and then they're I really hope the judgment day takes those titles off of them. But what they should have done is they should have had that feel good moment. They had that feel good moment at WrestleMania where Sammy and Kevin beat the Usos. It was huge. It was a huge pop. It was a great fucking match. It was a great finish. I loved everything about it. They should have had something happen the next night and the fucking titles got taken back off of them by the Usos. Because, as we've seen, and I knew this when it was going to happen, when Sammy and 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 Kevin won those titles, I'm like, this, they're friends, okay, but 
I don't, I don't see this as like, like a, like a, a tag team tag team. You know what I mean? This is just another example of them just throwing two guys together. No, it's it's the same as the women's tag team division, which you don't have tag teams. You have just two people who saw each other in catering and said, hey, I also don't have a segment today. You want to be in a team? Right. But like, except for Caden Carter and Katana Chance. And they broke up Shayna and Ronda, who were the only legitimate badass tag team. Yeah. And now it's just. Raquel Rodriguez and Liv Morgan, who like are just why two are people. you two friends? <laughs> yeah, there's no like remember back and and like I said, this makes me I always go back to this, but remember back in the 80s and 90s. Name tag teams from the 80s and 90s. They were fucking tag teams. Fabulous Rujo brothers. I'm weird that I went there first. The fucking Bolsheviks. The Demolition. Fuck yeah, B. Brian B- Blair and Jim Brunzel. You know, the, the Killer Bees. Um, the British Bulldogs. The Road um, Warriors. The fucking Jumping Bomb Angels. Right? Fucking the Glamour Girls, for Christ's sake. Um, You know, they there were so many. The Heart Foundation, Legion of Doom, or the Road Warriors, however you prefer. Fucking the U.S. Express. Fucking Strike Force fucking brain busters like there were like I, the rockers like i can just keep going power like, and glory like, like the team had a name it wasn't person plus person it was these two are a unit yes and i can and like i said i'm still picking up shit in my head of t- other tag teams that are fucking popping into my head fucking high energy the fucking 12 Coco, different expresses yeah coco beware and fucking owen hart high energy right yeah. And then the new foundation. And like, I remember, like, these are all things that have stuck in my head of even though they weren't a huge tag team, fucking high. I still remember fucking the new foundation or even the it, blackjacks, like, or even the new blackjacks. Like, you know, it didn't work, but they tried and they were a team. The fucking, the fucking disciples of apocalypse, you know, like all the. You can even Obviously look at the Hardys, the Dudleys. Yeah, that era, that era had a fuck ton of people, you know, fucking too cool, you know, the world's greatest tag team, like now used to be tag teams. And now there's not. And it's just like you said, there's just fucking wrestler one and wrestler two. Oh, we don't have anything for them. The problem is, is WWE has fucking tag teams. You have fucking Mont- Montez Ford. And uh oh, fuck uh can't remember his name. <laughs> oh um <laughs> that's <laughs> Dawkins. Yeah, Dawkins. yes, a- Angela Dawkins. So you have the bring the smoke guys. I can't street profits. There street profits. You have the street profits. See, and that's another problem. Like it's, it's you have kind the of, Viking Raiders. The, yeah, street profits, the Viking experience. <laughs> the Viking raiding experience of Oakland. <laughs> the the brawling brutes, right? You have the Alpha Academy. That fucking tag match, that fucking, uh, even like with Ricky, like Ricochet and Braun Strowman was dumb. I know that was just damage control for Braun Strowman, but like that match at WrestleMania with the four teams was probably the second best match on that fucking card. That was clearly four teams who just went out and said, let's show them what we can do. It was so good. Like, and that was, and that was weird because when, 
that match started and i was like yeah this is fucking go make myself some nachos time right and i'm like no 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 i'm gonna give these guys a fucking you know i'm gonna give these guys my attention you know because i, I like all those guys and dude they did not disappoint me like like i said that match might have been the second best match of the night you know I mean, it was there were there were some good matches on that fucking on the first night of WrestleMania, and that was one of them that stood out. And but anyway, they have tag teams in the WWE that they 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 could do stuff with and have like you know it's like it's like, and I don't want to compare it to AEW's like blind tag thing they're doing or whatever it is because that's just putting you mean where somehow the teams of people who just hate each other got paired together somehow yeah. I think that might have been a little rigged, but <laughs> but like WWE needs to do something where they're where they could fucking take their tag division because they do have teams in the at least in the men's division, you know, like and and if they want to have Sammy and Kevin as a tag team, then you need to establish them. More than what you did is because right then it was just two guys who like didn't even really li- like trust each other until like a week before WrestleMania, you know what I mean? But they they need to do something to where I give a fuck about those tag tiles because I don't like even like Judgment Day right now. Like you, you've got Finn and and Damian Priest doing their whatever it is they're doing. You know what really fucking piqued my interest on Raw? When when fucking and, and like I was like ooh and then they completely shut me down. They're interviewing Kevin and Sammy, and they're like, oh, you know, we'll fight whoever we fought these guys. Rhea and Dominic show up, and I'm like, are they gonna have Rhea and Dominic challenge for these titles? Because that would be fucking awesome. You know, that would be fucking awesome. You know, and they could do the gimmick where they don't want to hit the woman or whatever they want to do, which is bullshit at this point. After Tessa Blanchard and fucking Sammy Callahan, that shit doesn't even fucking work anymore. Right. You know, and I was fucking like, oh shit, this is going to be cool because Damien and Finn were doing their own thing, like the arguing thing. And then they broed it out, whatever. But I was like, that's fucking cool. I want to see Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio fucking fight Kevin Owens and Sammy for those tag titles because that match would have been really good because Dominic has nuclear fucking heat. Like if this was like the 1970s, people would be trying to stab him. Like that's how much heat he has. Like, I don't give a shit. Like the the people are booing fucking Don Callis and shit like that. Dominic Mysterio's fucking heat is nuclear. Don Callis's heat is there. Dominic's is nuclear. They're not doing anything with it. No. They're having him come out and be like a fucking third fiddle to like whatever the hell's going on with Judgment Day. And they're not utilizing that. They have Rhea Ripley, who is probably one of the best talents they have in the entire roster, man, male or female in wwe and she is legitimately a badass right and she acts as an enforcer and we never get to see her do her matches like she had that one great match with natalia which the main reason that match was great on that show is because every other match was five minutes 
like yes if you give one match 10 minutes to breathe and you give another match here's five minutes three minutes of it are commercials for dominoes yeah well that being said if dominoes would like to sponsor this podcast my invoice is always open (laughs) (laughs) email us at um but no after as many times as i drop the f-bomb i don't think that's gonna happen at least sorry guys that's how i talk at least we never showed anyone cutting someone with a pizza counter. Well, I mean, Logan Paul's done some fucking stupid ass shit, and look what he's done. So apparently, those prime energy drinks have like as much caffeine as three cups of coffee or Fuck six Coca Colas. Jesus Christ! Are they like, are they at least zero sugar? My God, my heart would explode. How is that legal? Like I'm drinking these weird things. I found these these things called C4. And they're like energy drinks. There's zero sugar, which is great because I don't want, I'm not trying to lose some weight. So I'm trying not to eat a bunch of sugar. It has 200 milligrams of caffeine in it. You know what That's... the can looks like? Do you remember the Stacker 2 commercials? Yes. WWE? Yep. Even, even growing up as like a teen, early 20s, all that, it was amazing to me going, this is Stacker 2, the ultimate fat burner. Isn't Trish Stratus hot? <laughs> <laughs> what does one have to do with the other? I think they were trying to tell us, if you take Stacker 2, you get to ha- have relations with Trish Stratus. That's basically, that was the time period. That was kind of the sex cells. Still right. does. I guess her husband took the most Stacker 2. <laughs> they do have children. <laughs> Trish the dish. No one calls me that. Um, oh, I love that her husband got booed at the Hall of Fame when she mentioned their kids. Yeah. Um, oh, and even she's like, they're booing you, honey. And you know what? Like, that's the other cool thing. Like, Trish is getting some... Trish is fucking doing pretty good right now. Like, I'm enjoying the shit with her and... Uh, Zoe and, Stark. And Zoe Stark, you know. And and with Becky Lynch, I'm not a huge like I'm not a huge Becky Lynch fan. She's cooled off a lot. Yeah, um, it was when it was because she, you know, and this is the one one of those times I agree with Corny in some aspects. I don't agree with how he said it, but I don't I don't think. But in his defense, I don't think he, I don't think he said it the way he meant it. Like, and and it came across as being bad, and everyone got fucking butt hurt. But like. She when she ended up um pregnant and had to leave, you know, due to the family thing, which you know, cool, whatever. She was like in the top, like she was sucking so fucking like huge, you know. And oh, yeah, you that couldn't killed, go anywhere without seeing the man shirt, right? And that killed her, killed all, and then she's never been able to gain that back. Also, she didn't come back as the man. She didn't come back as the ass kicker. She came back as Elton John with yeah. Seth Rollins. Yeah, that was weird. Like, you come back with your fucking gimmick that everybody loves. Remember when they used to do that? You come back with the gimmick everybody loves, and then people have this huge fucking feel-good moment? That's what professional wrestling is missing right now, is feel-good moments. Um, the only... And like I said, there's only a few times, the one, like, the only other time recently where i've been like oh this is gonna be good uh, when it was aside from like when we thought maybe sammy was gonna go over on roman yeah the one time 
when I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be amazing. Solo Sokoa and Rhea Ripley face-to-face looking like they were going to fucking boil. And they teased it. When, yes. when Paul Heyman said, is everything all right? And Rhea responds with, for now. Yeah. Like, all of my interest was peaked. Right. And like I said, since Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan, that shit's perfectly okay. Especially in, and that was like, some people are like, that's violence on women. Piss off. What that was to me, as I saw it, was very empowering towards female wrestling because Sam, I know Sammy. I know him personally. I've been on shows with him. He's a violent, violent motherfucker in the ring. It's his gimmick. When Tessa fucking got just as violent as him on Impact and fucking won the fucking men's world title, that was one of the best women empowerment moments I've ever seen on television. And I don't mean wrestling. I mean on fucking television. And it was a it was a shame it got like fucking no one watched it on fucking Impact, which Impact has great matches and no one gives it a chance because it's on fucking what is it on Access TV now? I think so. I I typically go to YouTube for highlights, but hey, yeah, it was Destination America, then it was like Pure Network, then it was yeah, channel eight, but only in the Alps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> channel eight, the Alps. <laughs> um, like, yeah, so you can't really watch Impact. I think they're on was... like Great American Adventure or something like that. It, it I was don't weird. Know. It was like the Adventure Channel. I remember they were on Destination America, but like that's the problem is they have really good matches and decent stuff going on, but no one gets to see it because you don't know where the fuck to watch it. Right. You know what I mean? They have great talent there. Um, But yeah, so anyway, that Rhea and Dominic teasing a fucking tag team match, even if briefly, with fucking Sammy and Kevin, like, I saw that and I truly believed that fucking Rhea and Dominic could hold those titles. That made me believe that. Like, that shit doesn't happen very often to me when I watch wrestling. Usually it's just some bullshit with fucking... Bah, 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 bah. And I was watching Raw. Like, I I try to watch it even though it pisses me off a lot. But I try to watch it for those little nuggets of things I love. So that way I can find those things I love and talk about it on the show. That way I'm not negative about it. Even though I'm being positive and negative at the same time. I'm like fucking science. But, like... Uh, like... WWE, what the fuck? Like, you have potential here to do something because you know the fans, like, both the fucking smart marks and the fucking new generation of fans and, like, people like me and you who are, like, in the industry a little bit, like, in the indies and understand how shit works. When you have something like that that's going to be able to pique the interest of every one of those demographics... You've got something. Exactly. Fucking use it. Why are you not using it? That makes no sense. Oh, they're not using it because we have to have Rhea walking up to Raquel backstage and staring them down. Which, it, it's so odd seeing... First of all, Raquel is a tag team champion now. So that should be her shtick if that's going to be her shtick. But if you're the champion... Why are you walking up to not your biggest challenger 
and staring her down. Like, what? She's tall? So? Yeah. You know what would be even funnier? And although it wouldn't go, it wouldn't work as well because it wouldn't be empowering. It would just, it would fucking make the eruption of nuclear heat fucking irradiate off the arena from Dominic. Like, you would walk in there and fucking be in Chernobyl, right? Rhea and Dominic challenge for the women's tag team championship. There's precedence, Harvey. Whippleman was the women's champion. Santina Morella, I think, was like one, like maybe did some, I don't know. But could you imagine the fucking nuclear eruption if fucking Rhea and Dominic fucking beat Raquel and Liv Morgan for the women's title? That would make everybody fucking hate Dominic even more. Like, this guy, it might turn into the 70s and 80s again if that happens. And that's what we need. We need that kind of passion from fans. Not necessarily the violence aspect of it, but we need the fan base to care that much. Because no one does. When you go to a a WWE event right now, it's just like, yeah, I'm at a wrestling event. I want to go to a wrestling event and be captivated. I want to go there and be like, ah, look at like, like the bloodline story was going. I was captivated. Like I'm not even a huge Cody Rhodes fan. And I wasn't a fan of him winning the rumble and challenging for that championship anyway. But as I was watching that match at WrestleMania, I genuinely heartfelt, like wholeheartedly wanted Cody to go over like, that those guys made me fucking believe in Cody Rhodes just in that match. And, yep. and it made me feel like a fucking kid again watching wrestling. Cody has the power, and I noticed it when he was doing his interview during Raw. He has the power politicians wish they had. Like, <laughs> if right. you listen to him talk, it sounds point for point like someone is running for an office. But somehow he makes you cheer for him. Yeah. Like I said, I was real pissed off at the Rumble when he came in at number 30 and fucking won. Because I was like, God damn it. Like, I was so mad because I'm like, I was hoping that they were going to swerve us. No offense, swerve. And fucking Sammy Zayn was going to come in at number 30 or number 29 or something. And then he was going to be in there with Cody, Sammy, Cody, blah, blah, blah. And Sammy just was in there because he was still part of the bloodline at that point. Right. And he accidentally like fucking won. You know what I mean? Like he was there just to eliminate Cody Rhodes, not to win. Like that's what Roman wanted to do was be in there to eliminate Cody, keep him out of the picture. Cause that's a fucking dirtbag heel move right there. Send your lackeys in to eliminate the guy that poses the most threat to you. Right. Put Sammy in there and fucking have, and I mean, the stuff they did was fine, but you put Sammy in there and fucking like let him accidentally win. And then you're like, oh, fuck, it's on now. Like, this is, and then, and then on Monday Night Raw, I'm going to be like, oh, fuck, I want to see what's happening. I want, like, that shit. And that almost makes me like, that wasn't supposed to happen. And you're going to have that moment of Sammy going, I- I'm not going to challenge for it. I don't want it. Only for Adam Pierce to come out and say, Sorry. you won the Rumble. You have to do it. Yeah. And the rest of the time is just, will Sammy lay down? Although I did love, we were talking about Rhea confronting Sammy and Kevin. If you notice, she says the Judgment Day want all the championships. 
They want the world championship. They want the tag team championship. They want the U.S. championship. She never, no, they want the world. They want the tag team. They want the women. She never said intercontinental. Yeah. Like, good plan. Stay away from Gunther. Good plan. (laughs) Well, I mean, if that, I mean, that's how great would it be if she ends up, Gunther, I know a man tougher than you because he's been in prison. And then something happens, and I mean, you can't do that. I mean, it would be weird to do that because they're both heels. But fucking Gunther's a good worker. He's a great worker. But he does not have the fucking heat that Dom has. No. No one does. No one in that, like, fucking, you could put Cody Rhodes, who fucking beats cancer to come back and fucking win the championship, you know, from Roman Reigns. And you still wouldn't have that. Like, you wouldn't have that moment. Like, oh, it comes back to fight Roman to win the championship and Roman still beats him. You're not going to get that. Like, you're still going to have more heat from Dominic Mysterio winning inadvertently. (laughs) Against Gunther because fucking Rhea fucking ball shots him or something. Like, and there's already dissension in Imperium for reasons. Which I don't get because, like, it shouldn't be Gunther and the lackeys. Like, it should be Gunther and the tag team that also make up the group. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if you saw Giovanni Vinci during the Cruiserweight Classic, but Mm -mm. the man was built like he is built, like an absolute muscle-bound brick shithouse, and he's flying across the ring like nothing. Yeah. That's that's yeah. This guy's oh fuck, you know, you know what I would okay. So this is stretching. It was only like maybe four or five months away. You know what I would love to see? I'd love to see war games, right? I would love to see a triple threat war games like they did in in uh, NXT. NXT. You have the Imperium. You have Gunther, Giovanni, and uh, Kaiser. Yeah, Ludwig Kaiser. And Ilya Dragunov together as a fucking team in the fucking war games, right? Those guys all would work well together. Then you have Judgment Day. All four of them. You put, you keep Ripley in that match, right? Because she can fucking do it. Then you have um, the Bloodline. Because you know they're going to add more members to the fucking bloodline. Yeah, why not? You know Jacob Fatu's coming in there eventually. God, I hope so. That would be such a breath of fresh air. Especially, I think, and I don't know what it is, but Solo doesn't strike me as big enough for his part. Like, he's bigger than every member there, but not by much. No. Like, when you think of the giant Samoan enforcers, you're picturing giants yeah like rikishi the the, who is it fatu yeah yokozuna yeah rikishi yeah rikishi yeah in the fucking samoan swat team right you're like those big and solo and but yeah jacob fatu is way way bigger than solo yes and he looks mean yes and he looks like a problem mostly because he is (laughs) yeah and solo 
they're going to have to do something with him because what they're doing right now, and like I like Solo Sokoa, I do. But it's just like you said, I don't see him as a threat to Roman Reigns. I don't see him as a threat to... And if you bring Jacob Fatu in, and the, there's like another there's another team of them too. Another uh, Samoan, some of their other relatives that are coming in. I could even see him... I could even see him saying he's going to go outside of the family because his family betrayed him. Because I've heard they want to bring in the Gorillas of Destiny. Yeah. Which I just too choose to believe because how much fun would that be? That would be amazing. Now, it would be fun. I think it's um, Tonga Loa. He cusses a lot during his matches and yeah. very, very loudly. Yeah, <laughs> like that would be hard to do. You just turn on New Japan and you get to your uh, fucking duck and fucking take the goddamn duck. And you're just sitting there like, geez, dude, this is television. Yeah, I don't care in Japan. I don't give a shit. Um, well, apparently in AEW, they don't care in the U.S. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, and we'll get into AEW here in a minute. Um, There was something I was going to talk about with WWE also, again, like it was. Was it um, why are AJ Styles and Killer Cross even still a thing? That that feud could be really good. It could. They just need to let it breathe and well, let they, us know why Karrion Cross. Yeah, like Karrion Cross was mad at Dominic. No, he was mad at Rey Mysterio for no reason, for not being a great dad, and the whole time going, "Why do you care?" Yeah, they, like, are you Dominic's protector? Were you his babysitter, and Rey stiffed you? <laughs> That's funny. And then Mia Yim is just razzing it out with Scarlet for reasons. Uh, yeah. Like Mia Yim, who could be going after, if not even winning a championship at this point. And there's your other fucking team that could be in the goddamn fucking war games. The fucking OC. Right. You've got Rhea in there. So you have Mia Yim in there. And if you don't want to put... Dragonov into fucking into the uh Imperium part of that. Like put find a female wrestler that gels with them. How about Blair Davenport? She's got the accent. Okay, yeah, sure. Well, let's why not? be honest, they just pair people based on accents at this point. <laughs> I mean, they could do that, like someone like someone like that, or or whatever. And because that was what made the war games like I still think the best fucking storyline in war games ever was was fucking dakota kai and fucking uh tegan knox tegan knox that was fucking wonderful and it was brutal uh-huh. what she did both personally and physically like she betrayed her best friend and then left her yep. team to drown yep and uh so that was amazing that's still but like the fucking the one where you had roddy and the authors of pain which they'd still need to bring them back. Yes, there's they were no reason not fucking, to. And make sure Paul Ellering's with him as a fucking mouthpiece, for Christ's sake. That was the dumbest thing they ever did, was fucking remove him from them when they came in, for no reason. Like, he's a good mouthpiece for those guys. Yeah, and instead they give them Rockstar Spud, who was perfectly fine in his role. The problem is he's not Paul Ellering. Yeah. And then the big joke is he pees himself. Like, yeah, because yeah, when I see two giants who are beating the hell out of people, I want to picture their manager peed. 
I'm really glad that guy's not there. <laughs> I Rock didn't. Star Spud. Yeah, I didn't. Like, what did they call him in WWE? Yeah, it was Rockstar Spud. What they didn't. No, they changed his name. Oh, then I don't even remember. I'm gonna look this up real quick because I want to. I can't like, like I forgot the motherfucker was even in there. That's how like such a flash because they brought him back too. Like when he like he got upset on Twitter or something. Yeah, he get, recorded the video. Yeah, and like so they brought him back. Which hey, it was heartfelt, and I get it. At the same time, just you had to know it wasn't gonna last that long. Yeah. And that's nothing against him as a person. That's just Drake Maverick is what they call him. That's it. Yep. Yeah, Drake Maverick. And yeah, he's a good worker. And like, I just didn't buy it. Like, I still think one of the most underutilized talents they have on that roster is Drew Gulak. Fucking Drew Gulak's fucking great. Like, Ophidian is friends with him too. And he was telling me like how great he is. Like, he was just saying, dude's fucking amazing. Yeah, now he's, if I'm not mistaken, because I haven't watched him forever, because how can you? Um, he's teaming in NXT with William Regal's son, and they keep fighting with Hank, the security guard. Yeah, what the fuck is that about? You know? Right, it, it wasn't even a, I, I don't even know how to describe it, because I, my brain was like trying not to realize what was being watched, but... Yeah, it's like, okay, we got this guy. Is he in good shape? No, not at all. <laughs> What's his name? Hank. Oh, like Hank Williams or no, just Hank. Okay. It, is he really good in the ring? Nope. No. Is he tall? Meh. <laughs> kind of tall. He wears t-shirts sometimes. Like, boy, he tries. I'll tell you that much. He really tries. I'll tell you another guy that that Ophidian speaks very highly of is Joe Gacy. They all came from the same place. Like, they are all buddies, like, growing up together in the industry. Like, they all came up at the same time. He is the one part of that faction that I can stand. Yeah, I love... I love Joe Gacy. I thought even the fucking thing he was doing when he first showed up on NXT... Oh, when he was super woke. Oh, that was so funny. It was. It. I know what, it, what they were doing. It was a fucking internet. God damn it, dude! I love that people got mad at it. Like, oh my god, laugh it's, at yourself once in a while. It's fucking wrestling for Christ's sake. <laughs> I know that I'm sitting here bitching about it, but I, I fucking have a degree in media analytics. This is what I do. Like, this is like, the same company that had hot lesbian action, right? <laughs> and you're mad that they're poking fun of people who are just a little too full of themselves on Twitter. Yeah, and that's so stupid. I'm I'm telling you, man, like social media has destroyed professional wrestling. Like it was already starting to get to, it was already pretty much fucking blown, blown to smithereens by dirt sheets, by online dirt sheets. Like every asshole, like like I said, we we talked about this before. Uh, I think we talked about this last night. Every time I fucking open my goddamn feed on Twitter, I see some asshole fucking dirt sheet thing telling me shit that I don't even follow. So they're paying. They're fucking paying money to fucking promote their posts so that we all see it. Because none of my friends are tagged in it. None of the people I follow, they're just there. I fucking muted these motherfuckers about a thousand times. 
and they still pop up in my feed talking about like all this dirt cheap bullshit. Go away. No one likes you. You are right. ruining the industry. You're causing dissension. Fucking Uncle Dave's the same fucking way. Like Uncle Dave was a problem in the 80s. Um, you saw that post the that I did the other day. Yes, did I did. See that where he was like going on about like they lifted Cody Rhodes from WWE, and I'm like they didn't lift fucking anything. Cody established himself, got himself over, and then went back. WWE didn't do any of that. All they did was let Cody use his own fucking shit. That's all they did. And you're sitting there causing dissension between fucking wrestling fans on social media. It's very volatile anyway because people on social media, all of them, but the fucking wrestling fucking Twitter is one of the worst goddamn things I've ever seen in my life. Oh, and it's Those... the weirdest thing going, I dare you to say something bad about someone's favorite girl. Yes. <laughs> yes. And like, it's... I don't know what it is about people who have never even met most of these women, but they will white night until the cows come home. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so, so they think that like if they fucking support Liv Morgan as much as they do, that they may have a chance with her. Is that what it is? That what it is? Because I'm pretty sure she's like engaged or some shit. I don't know, but it, it's the weirdest thing of just going, okay, you can be a really big fan of Liv Morgan and also say, eh, that was that was not that good looking. Well, also, it's fucking goddamn creepy. It's, it's, it's fucking on the creep, creepo stocky line. Anonymous what? guys on the internet are the creepiest. Yes. What was it? What was it that fucking Fred was saying on on social media today? I didn't know what the hell he was talking about, so I replied. I'm like, "What the hell does that even mean?" So I had to look it up on Urban Dictionary. Um, reply guy what on Twitter. Yeah. Rep- reply guy. Apparently, it's someone who fucking randomly replies, causing fucking problems and dissension, like for the sake of basically a troll on social media like i was like reply guy that's a new thing like i don't know this lingo but like i was like and i told friends like never mind i looked it up <laughs> yeah that that's another of just um you need more stuff to do my guy like that's a perfect fucking ta- that's this is a perfect example of that movie this is 40 <laughs> right <laughs> thanks judd apatow for making me feel old all the time <laughs> Which I found out something interesting the other day that I didn't know. So going oh, on really? one of our going on one of our hijinks moments, um, I found out that Judd Apatow was one of the the I think he was like a executive producer or some kind of like like consultant or something for the the TV show The Critic with with Jay Sherman, you know, the animated show. Yeah, yeah, Judd Apatow was involved in that, like one of the. Really? I think he was one of the above the line people involved in that. Well, she must have been really young. Yeah, I because he's not like he's what he's what 50? He looks maybe, it, yeah. 55, maybe. That show was on like 25 years ago. So that so must he, have been like one of his first big gigs or something. That, well, that show was on way before fucking Freaks and Geeks. And that was his baby. Which I never really I watched that show a little bit and I didn't understand the mass appeal for it. I was apparently neither did existence. anyone else. 
Yeah, apparently no, neither was anyone else because it fucking got canceled after like what a season. Um, but anyway, I mean, a lot of really, really fun actors came out of that, minus the creepo fucking guy. Yeah, that. What's what's that? Who's that guy? What's his name? Oh, I don't. Remember. Franco, James Franco. Yeah. Yeah. At least, at least Franco's little brother. I don't think he's as creepo as James is, but who knows. I don't know why, but I love that scene in the movie where he's playing the actor who's going crazy, which I guess he really didn't have to stretch on that one. But it's when he's walking, it's just, I did not hear her. I did not hear her. I did not. Maybe. Uh, oh, <laughs> the fucking, you're talking about the disaster artist. Yes, that one. The the movie about Tommy Wiseau. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he's like going, I was like, he's like, no, I did not hit her. I didn't. <laughs> oh, hi, doggy. <laughs> that was another one of those movies when i was in film school they would have midnight all like like all these like 20 something fucking like 19 year old 20 year old kids would like three or four times a year they're like we're gonna have a the room party we're all gonna watch the room i'm like have you guys watched the room like that movie sucks the one time i watched the room where i loved the room was when it was on rift tracks live that shit was funny okay <laughs> You seen? Have you seen Rift Tracks live? I've seen. No, no, I have not. It's the guys from Mystery Science Theater, like uh, the guys that played the 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 two comedians who were were the robots and the guy that played Mike Mike Nelson. Okay. They were like they they would do this thing called Rift Tracks live. They don't do it as much anymore, but you could go to the theaters and watch them live riff on fucking movies. Oh, and that they, sounds like fun. It was it was wonderful, and they did, and it was so great. My theater's here. My theater here won't play anything that doesn't have "Step Up" two in the fucking title. So, <laughs> like, but anyway, like, so you could go to the theater and watch this shit, and it was great because I'd never watched the room. I just listened to all these college students talk about how it was such the best fucking movie they've ever watched. It was so great, and we all love the room. And I watched the room, and I'm like, this is what the fuck they were talking about. I had a great time because it was Rip Tracks live. It was funny listening to them make fun of it. And I knew of it, but then like, but then even after Rift Tracks Live, all these people are like, oh, it's going to be, we're, they're going to play the room in the theaters. Like, you know, we're going to go watch it at this art house theater. It's going to be great. I'm like, why are you paying the fucking ticket price at an art house theater to watch that piece of shit? Like, right. I, that I, ain't cheap, dude. <laughs> do you, I guess, but like, cause then, and it wasn't even a fact of like the matter, the matter of me being like, like, why would you do that? It was a matter of them being mad at me because I wouldn't. <laughs> like, because I was just like, I don't understand what the big deal is about this movie. And they're like, well, you just don't understand the room. You just don't get it. You just don't understand. I'm like, all I understand, now that you've pissed me off, all that I understand is that you guys are watching a giant piece of shit. And you're mad at me for not wanting to watch the giant piece of shit. Like, right. If I want to watch pieces of shit, there's plenty of shit on fucking YouTube that I can watch. I'm not going to spend money to go watch Tommy Wiseau look his own nuts. I'm sorry. No, oh, there's plenty it. of shit on Netflix to watch. There's oh, plenty yeah. of shit on <sighs> Disney Plus to watch. Like when you go to the bottom tier of the Tubi movies. Right. <laughs> you know, which is really funny because I got permission. This is funny. I got permission for whenever I want to do a YouTube special. The guys that made Lamageddon gave me permission to fucking host Lamageddon. <laughs> And I'm I'm very tempted. So, 
So I, I mean, mean, I don't know. I may do like an interim, like I'm doing this trauma season. I may do an interim fucking YouTube season in the middle or something. I don't know. I mean, some temptations are meant to be followed. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Um, but anywho, anyway, I don't even know where I got off on that tangent about the room, but now I have lost where I am. Uh, so do you want to move on to AEW in that case? Sure. Because we not? have that, that sounds relevant. We have milked SmackDown for and eh, it wasn't worth much to be honest with you. Like, well, I mean, we kind of we we circumnavigated WWE. Yeah. The, but we like went around everything in WWE. Like the only thing maybe worth talking about is Edge beat up Grayson Waller, which Why? K. So your guy who has a talk show and is not established got beat up by the guy who's closer to retirement. Yeah, which okay. Maybe they're gonna have Grayson Waller go over on him and that's how they're gonna establish him. I don't know. But I'm sorry, I don't I just don't I I, I never was a big edge fan. Well, like, I feel anyway. like anyway. I feel like the problem with Grayson Waller and the problem with all of these talk shows is everyone remembers the iconic Piper's Pit. Yes. And they don't remember Hey guys, Piper was a major star first. Yeah. Also, the coconut didn't happen every single time. No, that was once. Nor did the talk show happen every single show. Yeah. Because, I mean, they didn't even do the Brother Love show every fucking week. No. They did it like maybe once or twice a month. You know, maybe like two episodes of Superstars out of the like four or five they did a month. And it even felt like that show was purely okay. We have a pay-per-view coming up. We have these guys feuding. We really need to push this along. We're it reminds me a lot of when you had a when you had a teacher who was out for a day or two and they would come back and go, Okay, guys, we are really behind. First of all, as if it was your fault. Right. <laughs> then they would just pull out the talk show to go, okay, you two hate each other. Here's why. Go. Yeah. And Marty Jannetty was a coward and ran from Shawn Michaels. <laughs> you know, like one of the one of the things that um, God, I was going, I was I had something in my head about something, and now ah, fuck it, I lost it. It apparently wasn't that important. <laughs> you 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 told you said Marty Jannetty and all. And anything a flash in my head that I was thinking about turned into him going through a window, like through that fucking it, glass window. Is it possibly bodies that are hidden in? like rivers and wherever state he's from (laughs) oh my i love that on twitter he allegedly admitted to killing someone yeah with kindness right always with kindness marty jesus christ know your fucking audience like huh that's a that's an interesting plan um you know david parker ray waited until he was caught (laughs) just (laughs) throwing that out there most most people who have committed the crime of death wait until they're caught before they reveal where. Oh, I remember now what I what I what I was thinking of. It finally popped back in my head. I don't know what you said, but it fucking popped back into my head from um the one thing I thought was funny. And it wasn't even that funny, but it was it was mildly entertaining. Was when what was Dean Ambrose's fucking thing called? Like oh, the asylum, the Ambrose Some, Asylum, I think. Something yeah, like that. something like that. So he had that fucking plant. 
right. that he carried around with him everywhere. And I've told you this before. One of the things that always resonates with me with wrestling is when there's something so fucking ridiculous, it makes me laugh and it sticks with me. Like Al Snow and Head and all the fucking funny shit that he did, right? And the head cheese shit and the fucking like just the ridiculousness, the funny stuff, all the Jericho moments with Stephanie McMahon, like, and with fucking Crash Holly, all that shit sticks with me, right? So they did Dean Ambrose and he he's and he was like fucking supposed to be nuts, right? Which okay, well, not too far off. But like he carried that fucking plant around with him everywhere. That was funny as shit. Like that made me giggle every time I fucking saw it. I was like, the fucking plant. That's wasn't great. That, wasn't that he stole it from Chris Jericho and that was <laughs> Mitch the potted plant? Like that, yeah. Which AEW, if you ever want them to feud, there you go. They're feuding over you still killed my plant. It's so fucking funny. Like the list of Jericho, like that shit sticks in my head. Like a lot of Jericho moments in WWE. I fucking loved them. Like they're just like like when he when Jericho's out there and he's screaming at fucking Stephanie and Rhino, and he's just like I'm I'm gonna come down here on Sunday and I'm gonna beat your sweaty, ridiculous, disgusting, smelly ass all the way into next week, and I'll get to you too, Rhino. <laughs> or that when he brings up that she when he brings up that she definitely had some work done. Yeah. <laughs> and then the whole time, like we can discuss it later. I'm sure there's a Hooters nearby, <laughs> right? Like that shit's. He kept it, it, he would keep calling Crash Holly Elroy Jetson all the time. Yeah, it's <laughs> Crash Holly look like fucking Elroy Jetson. And it's got to be weird if you're a kid watching that and now have no idea who Elroy Jetson was. That's that is what I, like I respect the fuck out of Chris Jericho. I do. But that's what I miss about Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is such a funny dude. He's so funny. He's got such a fucking comedic wit to him. I miss... That's one of the things that made me love Jericho so much in the WWE is... Like, in WCW even. My homes! You know, like, that shit's fucking... The Goldberg mentioned that he beat the shit out of, like, little person. I'm sorry. Like, I'm old. I forget things. But anyway, see, we had this conversation. But that's what I miss about Jericho and AEW. I, I don't like the pain maker. No, like, I, I just don't because I and it's it's not that he's not doing good work and he's doing great things. He's putting people over and that's awesome. You know, he's elevating the fucking young talent. And as a fucking like veteran, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to help the new generation come in and do things. The problem is, is. I mean, look what he did. He look what he did. Like he put Action Andretti over. But you know what the problem is? I don't give a fuck about Action Andretti. Right. Like I don't care. Like and, and they put him over and they did nothing. You know they released Brian Pillman Jr. I know like they and didn't I, renew his contract. I really hope he goes to WWE. God, I hope so. Like yeah. sure, the guy is not the best to ever do it, but he's also young and now's the time to build him. Yeah. And if Cody's smart, he'll put in a word for him. You know? Like and they it know was... they and they know him anyway. Like W the like like Hunter and those guys, they know him anyway. Right. There you was know? some there was someone on Twitter. What do you think Brian Pillman Jr.'s name will be in WWE? Yeah. Like, well, if there's any justice in the world, it'll be Brian Pillman Jr. That's what I replied. That's what I replied to him. Like, well, hopefully it's gonna be fucking Brian Pillman Jr. Like okay. like why like 
I, I don't like the whole gimmicky name change shit. Like they'll make him like the fucking they'll make him like what they did to fucking uh LA Knight. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Max Dupree. Fuck. Fuck. Like seriously. Like, and the amazing part is, okay, NXT is on USA. You've had your main roster go to NXT. Yeah. Theoretically, you know people are watching it. Yeah. And NXT has, they finally have been getting, like, they don't have the storylines like they used to have. And honestly, I think that's because, I know we're supposed to be going to AEW at this point, but I'm still on my fucking rant about this shit because the WWE stuff really pisses me off. But I'll get back to Jericho and the Painmaker in a minute. Um, They have really good talent now in fucking NXT that they could bring up. The problem is, is they don't have anyone in NXT to fucking lead it after they bring the big guy. Like, Braun Breaker should have been on the main roster already. There's no reason why. They brought Grayson Waller to the main roster, you know, which Grayson's fine. Like, they brought a J- broken leg, apparently. They, and they brought JD Madonna to the fucking main roster, but they didn't bring Braun Breaker? Well, they bring JD McDonough, and then he stands there in the back. Okay, what does he do next? That's as far as I got. <laughs> well, he's he's fucking wrestling on main event. Oh god. That's what they have him doing. Like I'm not a big JD Madonna fan anyway, but I mean there's other guys in there. Like if you're gonna do the nationality thing like you do, fucking JD McDonough. Like there's fucking several guys like from the same place he's from. Bring him in and have him be like the fucking, you know, the new guy or whatever. But I think he and Gallus are from the same place, and those three are solid. There, put them together. Gallus should be on the main roster right now. They brought up Pretty Deadly, but they didn't bring up Gallus. Right? Yes. Maybe that's because they have a lot of Irish guys already, or Scottish, or whatever Gallus is. I think Gallus is Irish, aren't they? Um, I believe so. No, well, maybe Scottish. Scottish. Because, yes, so. the Irish would be furious if we got that wrong. Yeah, Which they really means would. I probably got that wrong. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Like, I like I don't know. I don't watch NXT that much, so I don't really know. And Gala sounds like it's Scottish. I'm going to go with it. It sounds more Scottish than Irish, so. um, But those guys should be on the main roster way before Pretty Deadly went on the main roster. Like, Pretty oh. Deadly, I don't get it. And their whole shtick now is they're friends with Grayson Waller for reasons that are never explained. No, they're friends with Austin Theory for reasons that are never explained. No. Did they all come from Evolve or some shit? I'm sure. (laughs) I have no idea. I don't know. Um, But I don't know, man. Like, yeah, they don't have any they don't have anyone to hold. Like, they've got the good talent. Like, Dragon Lee shouldn't even win to NXT. Dragon Lee should have been already on the main roster. Fucking um, uh, the champion. Um, or not, not champ. Wes Lee. Wes Lee should be doing fucking matches with Ricochet. Yes. But why wouldn't you do that? That's stupid. Instead we, have, that. instead, we have Ricochet doing the super cool jump over the top rope, land on the floor, and then it doesn't work because it's Logan Paul on the other side. Yeah. And I'm Who, just like... I know he turned out to be a creep, but my God, did Velveteen Dream sell that flawlessly? Yeah. He just stood there with his mouth open like, I have fucked up. I have bitten off more than I can chew. Yeah. And instead, Logan Paul gives a masterclass in how to bury your opponent with 
oh hey it's your promo and they're chanting about me yeah i logan like, paul like good okay job, I, you douche i'll like i said i've gone on rants and rants and rants and rants fucking all night all day every fucking day about how much i hate logan paul all right i don't like logan paul not because he's not he, he not because he's a really decent spot monkey because he is he can do those weird dive thingies that's pretty much the extent of his fucking abilities but like I just don't like him because he has absolutely no fucking charisma at all. Like, He's also just a trash human. Well, there, there's that. That, that's aside from yeah. I mean, yeah. He's a trash. Why I don't like him because he's a trash human. But like, but as a fucking talent in WWE, and it's like you said, fucking Ricochet does that flip, and he just stands there like a fucking doorknob. He doesn't do anything. He just sits there like, uh, it's like. Your ass should have like you done that, and you should have like fucking like went back and fell, right, or something to react to the point where you just saw something pretty fucking amazing, you know. I mean, no, he just sits there, brother. Go Especially away. Especially like you only got a few of those in you before your knees are just destroyed. Oh yeah, as soon as he did that, I I felt it. Like I was like, oh, my fucking forty two year old knees right now. Oh right, god damn it. Like I saw him just did a whole like ah oh, jeez I I got this thing right over here. oh I'm gonna need to bend gay after this <laughs> <laughs> to quote the Jerky Boys movie L- luckily Shaq has a coupon <laughs> Sean Bradley <laughs> well Sean Bradley was the seven foot six center for the Philadelphia 76ers. yes. Like there's a, I don't know if you've heard Bob and Tom, they're pretty well syndicated now, like across the country, but they came from here. Okay. And they had this little skit, like they would do really funny skits on their show. And one of their skits was Sean Bradley goes shopping for a ceiling fan. <laughs> and it's like, and, and they have him like Sean Bradley and he walks into the store. He's like, well, we've got ceiling fans. And he walks in the door and you hear a, like a buzz saw and he goes, oh, they're like, watch out, Sean. It's like, oh, okay. And he walks, he's walking by, and he's like, Nyeh. oh. <laughs> that was one of the funniest things that they, Geriatric Park was another one they did. They were like, oh my God, like, you got, it was like just, it was like a fucking Jurassic Park, but with like geriatric, it was like an old folks home. And they're like, and they had like a Sam Neill voice, and he's like, what? What did you say? Yeah, we have a Rex. And he's like, you have a Rex? And all of a sudden, this guy's like... What? <laughs> and he's like, oh my god, look at these tracks. Yeah, yeah, walker tracks. <laughs> the guy's like, what? I want my world's fair spoon. Where's my spoon? I want scrambled eggs. I don't feel so good. I was like, that's fucking hilarious. Probably get in trouble for laughing at that now, but whatever. Anywho. I have always been a little curious. When one buys a walker, does it come with the tennis balls? I don't think so. Because I'm just throwing this out there. If walkers were to team with a tennis ball company. <laughs> yeah. But who would... But I think like Elon Musk needs to have Tesla fucking rascals. Oh, God, sure. Why right? not? I mean, fuck, he does all kinds of weird shit. Why not that, too? Yeah, yeah, apparently he's going to fight Mark Zuckerberg, which, like, 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. If if you must. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Zuckerberg's probably going to beat the shit out of him. That's what I thought. Like, you know, he's like legitimately training in martial arts now, right? And Elon, you're sleeping at Twitter. So I got an <laughs> odd feeling you're not hitting the gym as much. Like, yeah. And, and, and also, like, I like he shows pictures of Elon and how out of shape he is. It's like, okay, Elon, all right. If you don't want to get into like MMA fucking fighting shape, all right, there's a thing called sumo. Right. Right. Like, you could probably pull that off as a fucking like junior weight sumo because you're not a huge dude. But you could probably learn how to do the fucking hand slaps and the palm thrusts and shit. Like that's that's easily you know you could do that. You probably get your ass whooped. But I mean, fucking just play some Street Fighter two and play e, play as E Honda, and you can learn how to do that shit. Like maybe you can learn how to do that weird flying headbutt thing that's like defies <laughs> defies logic and gravity. And was the slowest flying headbutt ever. Yeah. Okay. And here's another uh, off-subject thing. Like, I mean, though, not really off-subject because it's still Street Fighter Two. But did you ever watch the anime, the Street Fighter Two animated movie? Yes, I love that movie. It has like Allison Chains and Corn and fucking mm-hmm. like on the soundtrack. Oh God, that movie's so good. But one of the things I do all the time, and my wife's like, "What are you doing?" I'll like, I'll like do the E Honda thing from that movie. And someone will say something like that I agree with, and I'll be like, us Japanese fighters gotta stick together because we're brothers. <laughs> and she's like, What the fuck are you doing? I'm like, You just don't you don't understand. You don't get it. Now I want to watch that movie. <laughs> oh, it's a good one. I highly recommend it for anyone oh, who has a chance. Fuck yeah, yeah. The animated, not the animated series. The animated series is fine too, but the animated movie. Oh shit, dude! It's so fucking good, and that like that's how I discovered Corn, like the oh, band. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I I knew that they existed because some weird kid like was wearing shirts that said Corn. We live in Indiana, right? So like some kid had a shirt on that said Corn and it was spelled wrong. I thought he was just a dumbass. <laughs> like so, I'd heard uh, like saw the shirts with the K and the backwards R or whatever, but I thought the guy was just dumb. Like one of those stoner kids that saw something at a fucking head shop. I was like, I'm going to wear this because it says corn. And then I watched that movie and I was like, that band corn's on here. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, it's because it advertised around the case. Corn, house and chains, you know, whatever, silver chair. And I watched it. And I'm like, this is corn? Because the song in the movie was blind. Like probably one of the best corn songs there yep. is. And I heard that. I was like, oh, fuck. Like this is an awesome, I'm awesome still amazed. song. On that, again, on this stupid VH1 countdown, it was <laughs> it was like the best metal songs of all time. When you think of Corn and the best metal song, who? What song do you picture? Blind. Yeah, Freak on a Leash. Freak on a Leash is not a metal song. That is a fucking new metal, like post alternative rock song. <laughs> like that's what that is. That's not metal. Fuck. That whole self-titled album that had like ball tongue and like the word we're not we don't say anymore and like the f word we don't say anymore because it's not very nice and like um blind and like several other good songs that that album was metal that whole album was fucking metal um 
And you know what? Like, and that that movie also made like I liked Silver Chair anyway because I liked the Tomorrow song. You know, I had Frog Stomp, the album's a great fucking album. Shade, Suicidal Dream, like all the songs are on there. But that album or that movie had Israel's son on the soundtrack. Have you listened to Israel's son? I have. Holy shit, that song hits fucking hard, right? Yes. Like that is the song. Like my when I was doing bands, that was our warm up song. Like we would play Israel Sun at shows to fucking do our sound checks, and it was and it was great. Like my fucking vocals were blown. My vocals were blown out because of the end of that song during sound check. But yeah, fuck man. Yeah, if you so yeah, like we were saying, if you have not watched Street Fighter Two, the animated movie, fucking watch it. The, the opening sequence with the fight with Sagat and Ryu. And there's like the robot analyzing them. So yeah. You kind of get yeah. a sense of what's happening. Yeah. And like the flashes of the lightning and shit. That is one of my, like, that is one of the things, scenes that in anything has resonated with me. One of the other things that's, re- do you remember Ninja Gaiden, the, um, the arcade? Yes. Do you remember watching it and they would have the standoff with the two ninjas at the beginning and the wind's blown and the grass is blown and all of a sudden they like come at each other and like they fucking like that was one of the coolest fucking scenes I have ever seen in anything. Fucking love that shit. I get called. What what is it? It sounds derogatory, but someone called me this once and I didn't know what it meant. Like, was it weeb? Is that what it is? I know that's a word, but I'm not 100% of what it is. It's I feel like, like I hear that word whenever there's like an animated girl on screen. All right, well, we're going to go to Urban Dictionary. <laughs> okay, it's a derisive term for a non-Japanese person who is so obsessed with Japanese culture that they wish they were actually Japanese. Okay, fair. I'll take that. <laughs> I'm just lost. Why can't you be obsessed with Japanese culture and not be Japanese? Yeah, look at fucking Forrest Whitaker and Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai. Right. Right? They fucking worked out for Forrest Whitaker. Why the fuck can't I want to be a goddamn ninja from fucking Ninja Gaiden? Or all the kids who grew up on Dragon Ball. (laughs) Yeah, obviously. Right. (laughs) Here I spout my ginormous Vegeta tattoo. Like there's a whole... My entire arm is a fucking advertisement for Japanese anime in the fucking 80s. I was thinking that too. But yeah, like there's a whole generation of people like I I just I really like sushi and anime. I don't know what to tell you. Jesus. Oh god. Um anyway, yeah, watch that movie. So now AEW, and I'll go back to Chris Jericho and the Painmaker. I'm not a I'm not a fan of the Clockwork Orange Jericho. Yeah, like like I said, I I respect the fuck out of him. I really do, and it's not I don't have any derogatory terrible things to say. Some people attack his fucking character, and some people like his personal character, and some people attack his fucking work ethic. And I'm sorry, you can't attack that man's work ethic. I was about to say the man put out a like champagne. The man does a cruise. The man wrestles every week. He's in a band. Like, no, there's a lot of things you can question whether you like some of the things he's in, but his work ethic ain't even close to one of them. Right. And, and, and you know, like some people are pissed off at him because of his fucking political ideology. Oh, I don't give God's a shit. Sake. I don't give a fuck about that. I don't care. Like, 
you know that that's why we live in this fucking country so that we can actually have that fucking option to be able to decide what we want to fucking think about and what ideologies we want to have so that doesn't even fucking resonate with me at all i don't give a shit you know fucking as long as you're not doing anything to harm anyone i don't give a fuck but like his his wrestling character the pain maker i'm like i appreciate it because he and and i've had this conversation with jericho before back in like 2007 or some shit about like him changing his like he wants to always try to do something different than the last time and he's always trying to like reinvent his character as he wrestles like he started off with the you know the cocky jericho from wcw and then he came in and he was that again then he reinvented himself as the code breaker then he reinvented himself as like the fucking the the fucking light up jacket guy wait wait I always call that era the John Bond Jericho. John Bond, okay. He, he actually probably think that was funny. God, I um, hope so, because I'm sorry. You, you cut your hair exactly like him, and it looked like John Bond Jericho. I, I'm, I, you know what? I'm going to tell him that. I'm going to tell him you said that when I see him in October. I'm going to tell him you said that. Feel free. I already have a picture of us together. I'm nice. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll tell him. Like, so I do, uh, you know. I'm going to be like, I need a podcast with this guy. And I'm just going to be like, you know, no feds, because like we appreciate the fuck out of you. But this is what my friend says. You know, this is what my co-host says. And uh, like, I just wanted to tell you because I thought it would be funny to for you to tell me something to tell him back. I mean, he has a Bon Jovi inspired <laughs> tattoo. I hope he'd like that. Yeah, at least he doesn't have a Skid Row inspired tattoo. That wouldn't have worked really well for him and Sebastian Bach. No, not over time. I know. I still would love to hear that sing off. Yeah, that'd be funny. Like, okay, y- you know how in fights they always do the press conference and there's all the different fighters there and they're all like jazzing each other and whatnot. So, <laughs> in the <laughs> I see where you're going with this. I don't think you do. Okay, like, trust me, it's going to get a little weirder than where <laughs> you think it's going. In the Mr. Olympia bodybuilding contest, they do the same thing. And it devolved at one point to a bunch of them just go on stage and they're, I'm going to kick your ass on Sunday. I don't think you know what you're messing with. And they all just undress and start posing in front of the stage. And if you, if I was to read you the script of this guy going, no, your mother did not birth a champion. Mine did. And then hits double biceps. Sounds like a fucking Ultimate Warrior Rick Rude spot. But while wearing a thong, I cannot stress that enough. Gary Stratum shows up. You guys got nothing on me, huh? Hercules Hernandez in the back just, I want no part of this, man. He's like, I'll show you, Ico Pro, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Oh, shit. That's funny. Or... One of the most recent ones, there's this returning champion named Phil Heath, and he had what is called bubble gut, which is where your gut sticks out a little. So this one guy was furious that he wasn't put next to him. So there they are, in sparkly thongs, and the guy, like, shoves him on the shoulder, and he's like, you pose right now next to me! (laughs) So Phil, being smart, turns his back to the crowd, He's like, no, no, and he tries to turn something. 
And just it, even as a fan, you look at the absurdity of this and go, "This is the dumbest shit of all time." <laughs> like I said, it reminds me of an Ultimate Warrior Rick Rude spot, like a fucking <laughs> like a fucking flex off or some shit. I could, I'd imagine Jericho and Sebastian Bach being like West Side Story. Oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> that'd be great. And, and like I said, all no offense to Jericho or Sebastian, this is all just like shit that would be interesting to watch. Like they would get into it, but it would be like with a gang, like up, <laughs> and, like the AEW gangs behind him or whatever, and the like. Fucking <laughs> Sebastian Bach shows up with like great white. <laughs> I was about to say it's too bad the JAS is on the fritz. They could have had the whole JAS behind them. Fucking <laughs> yeah, this is a fucking Axel Axel Rose is back there going and like fucking Sebastian Box in the front because I think he might be the and he and Slash are the only ones that still look in shape. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, like Tommy Lee's back there not knowing where the fuck he is, just kind of spinning around in circles, trying to fucking keep up with the choreography, but he can't do it. <laughs> D. Snyder is just trying to keep the peace. D. Snyder's just keeping Tipper Gore off of their fucking... <laughs> <laughs> That's a dated reference, kids. Look that shit up. So, kids, there used to be this thing called albums, right? And, and on the album, they would put parental advisory may contain strong language. And that was the compromise when D. Snyder, in blown-out blonde hair, sat in front of Congress in tight jeans and a jean jacket. And outsmarted them. Oh. Like, outwitted, outsmarted, put them in their fucking place destroyed them the fucking lead singer of twisted sister fucked the government like literally like like bent them over and took a walk up their ass and even better years later on a documentary d snyder gets a shot in at vince neal when he says yeah I went in there and I kicked ass because these idiots thought I was Vince Neal. They didn't know who came to play. Like, and poor Vince Neal's got to be at home. Like, the fuck did I do to you? <laughs> He's like, fuck <laughs> you, brother. Like, <laughs> like, that's it. Cross them off the tour. We're getting Joan Jett instead. <laughs> Meanwhile, James Taylor's like, I don't even want involved in any of this. I don't. <laughs> I don't put f words in my songs. <laughs> Oh fuck, man! That's John funny. Denver was sitting there like, "Can't we all just get along?" I think I'm gonna go fly a plane. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so bad. That's terrible. John Denver, thank God I'm a country boy. Did, did you ever see what happened when he got an award for that at the Academy of Country Music? Uh uh So the guy presenting it, his nickname was the Silver Fox, and he hated John Denver. So. He gets the award, he opens it up, and he lights it on fire. <laughs> and as it's on fire, he just goes, the award goes to my good friend, John Denver. <laughs> and John Denver had pre-recorded his speech. So it was just, I want to thank my great friend, the Silver Fox, for this award. And this means the world to me, like not knowing he just set his name on fire. <laughs> Dude, that sounds like that sounds like fucking Ricky Gervais taking a shit all over the fucking was it the Emmys? Yes. 
It's like, just accept your award and go home. You don't have room to speak. Oh, that was that was that was epic. Like, I loved it. He's like, well, I'm not going to be doing this anymore. So I'm just going to fucking just tell you guys. <laughs> and they're making fun of what was the, the fucking guy that was in prison that fucking oh. hung himself. Oh, my God. Um, Epstein. Yeah. And he's like, well, he's, you're all, you know, you're all his friends. So I don't know. You're talking. I'm like, I heard that. I was watching. I was like, oh, shit. And oh. a few, a few hands covered their faces at that moment. And it showed Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks looked like he wanted to fucking laugh. Like you, the look on his face, like him holding back. He looked like he was in pain trying to hold back the fucking laughter. That's funny. Oh, and you could tell he knew, I can't laugh. I can't laugh. I can't laugh. God damn it, I want to laugh. But <laughs> Oh, yeah, everyone was so pissed at, him, at Ricky Gervais. It was it was the most wonderful moment. It was, it was just a little bit better than Seth MacFarlane hosting the Oscars. Oh, when that he, was also when good. he fucking made it. He sang that song. I saw your boobs. Yeah, and everyone got really mad. I, my favorite part of that is when he's like, "We haven't seen Jennifer Lawrence's boobs yet," and she and it shows her, and she goes, <laughs> "She put like two thumbs up." She's like, "Yeah." <laughs> Apparently, that made Charlize Theron really mad. Like she was real pissed off about it. And but then like she they talked and became really good friends, and then she ended up being in um, a million ways, a million to, die ways in the to die in the west. Yeah, but they became really fucking good friends. I still think that's an underrated movie. I love that movie. That fucking movie's hilarious, dude. I've probably watched it at least a dozen times, at least because it the and it's and one I I'm a big Seth MacFarlane fan anyway. Like I'm a fan of his of Family Guy. I'm a fan of you know the American Orville, Dad. American Dad. The Orville is a great fucking show. Like the Orville did Star Trek better than most Star Trek now. Yeah, you know he did a show called Dads, and it was short lived. It had it had um, Giovanni Ribisi and um, Seth Green, and like the the role they were like roommates or something, and their dads moved in with them or something. And I think one of their dads, like, maybe it was like Adam West or some shit, and like, and like, and I can't remember the other dad. That show was really funny, and it got and it didn't get a chance. Like Fox canceled it after like a season because it's Fox, and that's what they do. They're almost oh, yeah. As they bad canceled as Family Guy like three times. Yeah, like they. Well, I mean, like what they did. What to was it? They canceled Futurama, and then Comedy Central was smart enough to bring it back. And then they canceled it, and then it went to what Sci Fi. Yeah, and and or something, and now it's back again. Who? Yeah, who, they haven't yeah. released the new season, but I know it's coming out soon. The end of the, yeah, the twenty seventh, I think, is it comes out on Hulu, and it looks great. You know what show I'm really looking forward to, and I promise, mm. if you haven't seen it, you would like it. What's that? Justified. I've ne- yeah, I've never seen that one. So I've heard of it? It's Timothy Oliphant, and basically he plays um like a marshal, not yeah. like an old timey marshal, but a current marshal. It reminds me of his character in fucking The Mandalorian. It's exactly like his character in The Mandalorian. Okay, fair. So the opening part of it, he just goes down to this pier and he's talking to this gangster and he goes, you know, I thought I told you you had until three o'clock to get out of town. And 
you've only got 30 minutes. You can still make it if you run. And the guy's like, you were serious the whole time? Like, yeah, I was serious. In fact, now you've got 27 minutes. And they just keep counting down until the gangster pulls on him. But get it? Timothy shot him before the other guy could. But the other guy pulled first. So he was justified. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair. Yeah, you're gonna. I I want you. Okay, so that I haven't told you this, and we'll tell. I'll tell you this live okay. on this podcast right now. But I want you to be in a movie that I'm getting ready to make. Okay, I've been working on the script for about seven years, and I've had to take time off for Fantasco and stuff like this. But I've started getting back into it, and it's really cool. It's called Time Ship Equinox, right? Okay. And have you ever seen Dark Star by John Carpenter's Dark Star? A long time ago, but yes. It's, it's like that, but it's it's half live action and it's half animated. So when they're on the ship, the time ship Equinox, everything is live action, right? When they go back through time, it's all animated. Okay. So I want you to be a character in this fucking show. I would absolutely and, and this love movie to. I want to do. Like I haven't decided I haven't decided because it the script I have the script done, but it needs tweaked, but at this at the same time, that way I'm I'm okay with doing this now because with the writers good, I have so many friends in the WGA, but I've already written this. So it's not like I'm writing even though I'm not in the union, I'm trying to be respectful of my friends. Um <clears throat> but anyway, yeah. So I'm gonna I may split this up into small episodes which I can do that without writing anything new and then, or it's going to do like a whole thing, but yeah, I want you to be in it. It'll be fun. Yes. It's really stupid, but (laughs) it's fun. So yeah, we're going to, I'm going to try to get that going so that I can shoot it probably after next Fantastico season. Okay. Yep. So yeah, you heard it here first, everybody (laughs) time shape equinox. It was a, it started off as a short animated feature that i did for my um graduate program and it's and it's really fucking like i'm not gonna toot my own horn but it's pretty funny like it's fucking stupid but it's funny and i'm uh, just talking about seth mcfarlane and all that shit reminding me i was like oh yeah i was gonna tell you about that so yeah that's what i want to do I, I you'll 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 do really well in it i think i think yeah you're really good like you you proved to me i knew you were already good that's why i asked you to be the fucking the uh, backstage announcer Curtis McKinney and in the season of Fantastico. So I already knew okay. you could do that. But after doing that, now I know you can do this. So I'm uh, excited. All right. I'll let you in on a little more of those details. So yeah, everybody, time ship time ship equinox is going to be my first post grad like actual film that's not Fantastico. So there you go. <laughs> what where do I go from here? <laughs> boy um so collision <laughs> saturday nights are okay for fighting or whatever all right for fighting yeah so um it, it, this was my show of the week like th- this one thing i'll give aew is aew is wrestling with drama thrown in whereas wwe is drama with some of that pesky wrestling thrown in <laughs> yeah that's yeah, that's pretty accurate. But yeah, we had Powerhouse against Ricky Starks. Yeah, that was a Owen Hart match, wasn't it? Yes. And Ricky went over. 
Ricky goes over because QT fucked up. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so, yeah, that leads me to wonder, do we now get Powerhouse by himself as he should have been this whole time? Yeah, well, okay, so in defense of that decision, and I called this like two years ago when Powerhouse first showed up, maybe like a year and a half ago when he first showed up in there, like... I did. He was very green. Like he looked like a million bucks. Guys are built like a fucking train, but like he was very green. Like I spotted it right off the bat. Like he was doing the moves and he was doing them okay, but he looked like he was lost. Like he was waiting on whatever ring general was in there to tell him what to do. And I think he they put him with a group of people to be able to fucking like get him more evolve or you know evolve him more as a talent and now that they think he can handle it because his feud with wardlow really helped um and now they think he can handle it, they may be taking him out of that group that's what i think is going on with that yeah my only my only issue with that is qt is like the mark of death almost yeah like well, there's Har- that <laughs> like harley cameron is succeeding because she's succeeding despite qt and it doesn't hurt the fact that she's really hot. <laughs> and writing music that should be on Fast and Furious soundtracks, apparently. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so <laughs> we then got a Miro promo. So Miro is apparently an atheist. He's divorced and he does not want to win a championship. He's div- okay. So he's divorced too? Well, he said he denounces his w- hot wife and. That, that sounds like a divorce filing to me. That's weird. I wonder if he ran this by Lana or if she's just watching TV one day. And he's like, you fucker, what is this? He's like, what? <laughs> like, hopefully she's not the jealous type that cuts up clothes or something. Nah, she's just going to call Bobby Lashley and rehash that fucking storyline. Oh, God. That... Yeah. Yeah. I didn't forget. I wish I would have, but I didn't forget. Well, it's amazing because in WWE, we have two groups that are imploding, Judgment Day and Bloodline. At that point in time, we had two cuck storylines. We had Mike (laughs) Bennett and we had Miro. Yeah, what the fuck? And they were like, weren't they all intertwined in the same story? No, that was the weird thing. They were two totally separate cuck angles. The absolute fuck. Which, like, I think that means Vince McMahon had just heard the word. Yeah, he's like, what is this thing? He's probably saw that trauma movie. Was it? <laughs> what was it called? <laughs> I gotta. I know I'm gonna look this up on my phone, and I'm gonna get a bunch of links for Pornhub. So. <laughs> oh, while you're doing that, did you hear about the uh, apparently the new banned list in AEW? Yeah, I saw something about that. Okay, so the movie's called It's on Troma Now, where you can watch Fantastico Disaster Piece Theater. Season two debuts August 1st. But the movie's called The Secret of Cuck Island. Yes. Exactly. And it's a it's a I think it's yeah. Uh, what's his face? He was on he does stuff for uh we'll get into that in a minute. Never mind. But yeah, so anyway, secret of cuck island. <laughs> But yeah, I do love that one of the things they banned is seizure selling. What? 
Yeah, so you can't, like, I'm guessing you can't convulse after you've been hit. Well, like Little Seizures Pizza Pizza? <laughs> hey, they, they saved a lot of pay-per-view nights for my friends and I when we were struggling. Hey, that, that's fair. Like, you, yeah, I can go to Little Caesars and get, like, two pizzas for, what, like, fucking six bucks or some bullshit? <laughs> exactly. And that was kind of how you could tell which friends were starting to make it was all of a sudden they didn't show up with Little Caesars, they showed up with Domino's or Pizza Hut. Like, ah, shit, this guy got promoted, damn it. <laughs> or, or the guy who showed up with a case of Pabst Blue Ribbon suddenly had Miller Lighter Coors Light, and you're like, ah, shit, I gotta up my game a little bit. Looks like he went up a dollar an hour. <laughs> and then like, back oh, in the man, you, wait till the... that. You can afford that $20 30-pack now, huh? And then one of your fucking buddies shows up as the most most uh, interesting man in the world with a case of Dos Equis. <laughs> you know, the fucking, the less ghetto Corona. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I fucking love Corona. The Vin Diesel beer is fucking wonderful. It's my, my go-to, right? <laughs> but, like, when it comes to Modelo and Dos Equis, they're, like, they're the, like, prestigious corona like if you don't want and what's the other one pacifico yeah i think so yeah like you get those and then corona's like down below unfortunately or what's the other one that everyone loves to pretend they're classy oh blue moon yeah with an orange like you have to request the orange yeah i don't have to request anything i'll drink this fucking shit the way it is i'm hardcore motherfucker <laughs> oh my god i was <laughs> I was, I'm at a table with friends, and people are ordering Blue Moons. One guy. Draft or bottle. Everybody. Draft with an orange. Draft with an orange. One guy. <laughs> bottle. Yeah, fuck y'all. Bottle. And the worst is I could feel myself with my draft of Blue Moon with an orange peel going, look at you, you poor piece of shit. <laughs> Like, we always knew you were the redneck of the group. <laughs> like, if you've ever been bumped up to first class in, like, a flight or anything, and you just immediately, like, look at all of you in the back. Uh, I do that all the time. Yeah, I sure do. No, I don't do that. <laughs> but I do, like, I, I, fly, I fly first class more than I fly coach because, well, I'm a big guy. So it's a hell of a lot easier. You know what I love about Southwest planes, though? Go ahead. Because I'm a big guy, and they were like talking, like one of the the flight attendants, because you can't call them stewardesses anymore. Flight attendants like came up to me, and she's like, you know, like with Southwest, they're telling me like since they got in trouble for like calling Kevin Smith fat, like now, <laughs> now if you contact Southwest like before you get on a flight, if you're a big guy, they will give you an extra seat for free really that's what they told me and i'm like well that's fucking spectacular because that's what i'm gonna do unless you unless you're flying do red eye flights i like doing red eye flights because there's nobody on them so you get like a whole row to yourself you know what i mean have you seen have you seen the girl on twitter who like she gets up she's screaming and she walks down the hall then she gets to where the guy's filming and just goes that man back there is not real yeah, yeah it's like trying to find out who she is yeah i 
I don't know who that. Yeah, I, I was wondering what the. I didn't see the video, but I keep seeing pictures of her all over Twitter with people being like, "We need to find out who this is." And I'm like, "Why is this a thing?" I don't know why anyone needs to find out who she is. Like that was the funny thing. Like it, I, I promise, finding her isn't going to be better than what you saw. Well, no, because now she's going to be a goddamn influencer on fucking social media. <laughs> God damn it! But country, this fading fucking republic, as George Carlin used to say. They did find the person she was yelling about. Oh yeah, <laughs> he did an interview. We're like, he's more than I ever wanted. He's just covered in face tattoos, and he's like a Freemason, so he had a bunch of like Freemason jewelry on. And he's explaining that he's got this, and she was asking questions, and then goes with, "You know, th- these are Satan worshippers. These are Satan worshippers." And he's annoyed with it, as anyone would be, and just says, I am Satan. <laughs> and it freaks her out. <laughs> so, she, so she freaks out and goes, they're trying to rule the world. And he just goes, why would we want to rule the world when we already rule the universe? And that is when she got up and freaked out and left. <laughs> That's amazing. Dude, there's some... I knew the... Okay, so I knew this guy when I was a kid. He was a lot older than me, and I I hung out with a couple of people. Um, like, my two best friends were, like, I was, like, 15, 14, 15, and my two best friends were, like, 23. So I was hanging out with these guys, and this one guy, this guy's a super stoned-out, burnout motherfucker. I've never met anyone more burnt out than this motherfucker to this day. And he was telling me one day, it was, like, right after Columbine happened, right? And he's like, and now, like I said, if this is true, it's a, don't tell me, and I don't think it's true. So remember this. But anyway, he's like, hey, man, let me tell you something about that Columbine thing, man. And I'm like, okay, you fucking crazy son of a bitch. What are you about to tell me? And he's like, yeah, actually, like, my, my stepfather was Freemason, right? And, like, that happened, and and, like, then the phone bill came in, right? And, like... There were all these calls to Littleton, Colorado, like right before it happened, you know, like the Freemasons are the ones that caused that to happen, man. Like, you know, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like 15 years or no, I'm like, I'm like 17 years old at this point. And I'm at this point, I'm like, you crazy son bitch. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Man, it's all the Freemasons, man. Like they're controlling the fucking world. Same thing. They're controlling the fucking world, man. I've seen it, man. And like my my stepdad, like, oh my God, like, you know, he's been blazing a bunch of crazy shit. I'm like, so you're telling me that your stepdad's a member of the fucking loyal order of water buffaloes? Right. <laughs> yeah, but damn it, dude. <laughs> yeah. Fucking weirdos, man. Uh, here's what I know for a fact about them. If you're standing in the wrong spot during their presentation at a funeral, they will not tell you. They'll just box you in until you uncomfortably say, hey, can I get on the other side? Because I'm clearly not supposed to be here. (laughs) (laughs) And then look at you funny like it's your fault. And they couldn't have just said, hey, we're doing a ceremony. Could you stand over there? The only fucking thing I've ever seen Freemasons do is do like a fucking uh, they did like a fucking breakfast. Like I did a, a charity breakfast. That's the only thing I've ever seen Freemasons do. Like they have their meetings and then they're like, oh, we're going to have a charity breakfast this morning, like this, this for the town. 
And then you show up and they're like, we have donuts and we have eggs and biscuits and gravy. And it's only $5. <laughs> That's the only thing I've... I saw that, and then I, I saw that, and then after I saw that, that's when my crazy friend's like, man, they're in charge of Littleton, man. They caused that shit. And you just look around at the spread and go, for the $38 profit they made? What? <laughs> but like, what were they doing? Trying to sell me more biscuits and gravy? Right. <laughs> what the fuck is happening right now? My friends were fucked, dude. Not... <laughs> He, that guy's still super burnout, but my other friend is, uh, he's not like that anymore. Like he used to be, that guy, I got the story. I think I told you stories about that guy. Remember the strip yep. club when we got the, 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 I'm going to tell the story on the podcast because it's fucking funny. <laughs> Where we fucking, we had this, we had this friend named Bob and Bob was kind of, kind of a douchebag, you know, like he, he really was. He was, like I said, I was probably, I was probably 18, 17 or 18. I know I was still in high school and my, my friend, like this guy, Bob, he, he had this stripper girlfriend, right? I'm sorry, dancer, you know, and he was obsessed with her, obsessed with her and she dumped him. Right. And he was fucking destroyed by this. And we're sitting there like, she's a fucking exotic dancer. And she's grinding on dude's junk all day. Like, like, and that didn't bother you. Now you're, you're, and now you're like, she dumped you and you're fucking surprised by that shit. Like, anyway, so he's obsessed with her. And he's like, and she, he has this heart to heart with us. And he's like, oh, man, I'm so in love with her. And she dumped me and she it was so terrible. And, and I don't know what I'm going to do. So my buddy and his psychotic, fucking going to vegas and getting a prostitute only to let her watch starship troopers with him it's the only reason why he got a fucking hooker in vegas anyway different story back to this story my crazy fucking friend who does that crazy shit says hey nate who's this other guy no he goes hey fantastico let's go and nate yeah nate let's go Let's go to the, we're going to go to this, this like fucking bar. I'm like, bro, I'm fucking 17. I can't get into a bar. He's like, no, man, I know the fucking door guy. You can get into this bar. So I'm like, whatever, let's do it. So we go to this bar and I don't know, like this story is weird and it, it fucking changes in my head, but I'm pretty sure this is what happened. I drank a lot back then. So I don't know. But anyway, we go to this bar and it ends up being a strip club. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening, right? So I didn't get... I, he, he goes in there and he gets a lap dance from Bob's girlfriend, right? Ex-girlfriend who dumped him. Gets a lap dance from this from this girl. Has a Polaroid camera with him. Gets a picture. Gets someone in there. Like, that's not something you do at a strip club. Gets somebody in there to take the picture of him getting a lap dance from Bob's ex-girlfriend. Okay? And and I'm not done. Like, you think that would be, like, the end of this fucking insanity? No. It gets crazier. He goes home, scans the fucking picture of him getting a lap dance from this girl, goes over to his printer and puts an iron-on fucking... Iron, like, clothes iron-on fucking paper in his printer... Prints out an iron-on patch 
of him getting a lap dance from Bob's fucking, we'll call him Bob, from Bob's fucking ex-girlfriend who he's fucking destroyed because she dumped him probably for some like crazy factory worker who like gave her an extra 20. I don't know. But he he irons this onto a fucking t-shirt. So he's got this picture of him getting a lap dance from Bob's ex-girlfriend that's ironed onto his t-shirt. We drive over to Bob's house. He knocks on the door to Bob's house. Goes, look! He shows him the fucking t-shirt. And you see Bob dropping down to a knee, like to his knees, just up, like fucking destroyed because who he thought he was best friend just had a picture printed out of him getting a lap dance by his ex-girlfriend who he hasn't oh my like this is my life this was my teenage life this is the shit that i watched my crazy motherfucking friends do and that shaped me to be the man i am today and the amazing part is the logistics that have to go into this like this isn't just spur of the moment there's planning happening yeah this was definitely a pre uh, a pre-fucking meditated fucking strike right like you know they have there's premeditated murder versus heat of the moment or heat of passion like no this is nowhere near heat of passion yeah it was really fucked up man that is and and i won't get into more stories right now but that's not even the craziest fucking thing this guy's done that was like that's fucking tame compared to my adventures with the time, okay, I'm going to know in a really quick second story. So my friend and I, I'm 15 years old. I'm driving down the road with this guy. And he's like, open my glove box. And we're, it's like it's like fucking 11 night or some shit. Like my parents are like already like super paranoid. I'm hanging out with this fucking 23-year-old. <laughs> I open the glove box and there's fucking cocaine in the glove box. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? That better not be fucking heroin. It's like, no, man, it's fucking cocaine. I'm like, that's not <laughs> He's like, no, no, it's cool, man. It's fine. I just want to show you. It's fucking hilarious. We're driving down there at 1130 at night, and here is a fucking traffic stop. <laughs> fucking cops are fucking, sh- like, checking for, like, drunk people. Luckily enough, my friend wasn't drinking. I wouldn't have gotten in the car with him. I'm not dumb. But we're sitting there and I'm fucking like, oh my God, we are going to fucking go to jail. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to, my life's going to be ruined because you're psychotic. Like, we're going to be fucked. Why did you do this? And he's sitting there going, this is hilarious. I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm like, what are we going to do? He goes, well, this is what we're going to do. I'm like, oh my oh God. What is-? And he's like, okay, so have you seen Star Wars, The New Hope, right? You've seen that episode four, right? And I'm like, yes. He's like, well, I'm Han Solo and you're Chewbacca and we're smuggling shit. We're smuggling shit fucking on the Parsec run. On the fucking Kessel run in in less than 12 Parsecs. That's what we're going to do. We're going to pretend that I'm Han Solo and you're Chewie and we're going to get through this stop. And I'm like sitting there like, I'm going to jail forever. Like I'm I'm going to Juvie Hall. Holy holy fucking shit. 
So we get up there, and I'm like, oh, God, please don't tell him you're Han Solo. Please don't tell him you're Han Solo. Jesus Christ, please don't tell him I'm a Wookiee. For fuck's sake, please don't do this. We get up there, and he's like, hey, man, what's going on, sir? Like, you know, uh, uh, uh. and the officer's like, oh, you, what you guys are doing? I'm just bringing this guy. Like, fucking calmest day, fucking straight arrow fucking response to this guy. It's almost as if he was doing the fucking Jedi mind trick to these fucking cops, just like when they go to fucking most Eisley and a new hope. Like it literally was the same fucking thing. Like we pull up there and the guy's like, Oh, what you guys doing today? He's like, Oh, you know, it's, it's no big deal. You don't need to know what we're doing. I'm like, Oh my God. He's like, and he's like, Oh, he's like, no, seriously though. I'm just joking. Yeah. We're heading here. I got to take him home. We're going back to this place here. And the guy's like, it's like, well, you know, try to be careful. Oh, we don't need to be careful. <laughs> Waves this fucking arm. We don't need to be careful. I'm like, Oh, and then let us go i'm like what the fuck what the fuck and i think i i think it turned to him and i'm like i don't want to hang out with you anymore <laughs> he's like no nah, it's okay here here's my copy of twin peaks the whole series you can watch this on vhs i'm like what the fuck is happening right now <laughs> My my high school years were really fucking weird. <laughs> so I'm just going through I notes. Can't, of, like, I can't make this shit up, man. Like I'm literally going through notes here trying to find a segue and like I've got a joke that Andrade is a businessman even though he doesn't do anything with business and Bullet Club Gold versus FTR, Punk versus Samoa Joe. There's no there's nothing topping that. And people wonder why I have anxiety problems now. <laughs> you know, most people are like, you were in the military. You have PTSD. Yeah, sure. It was from the military. Like, I'm sure it didn't help, <laughs> but it didn't start. There's a little paranoid going into the military and the military exacerbated shit. Oh. <laughs> uh. Fucking goddamn it. I haven't told that story in years. Jesus, I forgot all about it until I was talking. That's why I wanted to say it. It's like, oh, goddamn. And it may not have happened exactly 100% that way. It's pretty fucking close. At least that's how I remember it. <laughs> but I was like a freshman in high school and fucking afraid that I was going to go to fucking prison. Because I don't even think it was cocaine. I think he fucking, I think he put powdered sugar in that fucking bag. And he was just fucking with you. And was fucking with me. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I saw, so I went through this phase where I was obsessed with outlaw bikers, but I also knew I was not that guy. So I never tried to be one or anything like that. Fair. But there was this documentary on a guy, and I'm not going to say from which group, because they're around here <laughs> yeah yeah don't do that and he was talking about when he was an enforcer and he was a sergeant at arms but he was also the cook <laughs> and for those who aren't getting it picture breaking bad okay i was thinking i was thinking casey ryback from fucking under siege <laughs> so he was saying he would cut his stuff with laxative <laughs> And the entire point is they would try it and immediately shit themselves. 
And so his reputation went through the roof because every badass biker was like, yeah, you got the stuff. Let me see here. Oh, man, dude, that's I shit myself. That is powerful stuff. (laughs) It was just amazing watching this documentary and seeing this big tatted up dude who's definitely been on the lucky end of people not making it out alive. And he's just talking about giving people laxatives. And that was apparently how he became known as the best cook in the area. It was a fucking biker club diet plan. Right? Like, <laughs> like I'm hoping the Gordon Ramsay of drugs got a hold of it at one point and goes, you fucking idiots, this is cut with laxatives. Oh. Whoever, yeah, I, I, whoever at the Jamboree this year. We're going to find the Gordon Ramsay of drugs. No, God. (laughs) Whoever wants to hear more of my wacky adventures with my psychotic friend, if you're listening to this, ask me. There's some shit I don't want to talk about on this podcast. The cocaine thing, even though I'm, like I said, I'm. I'm 99.9999 fucking repeating pretty sure it was fucking powdered sugar and he was fucking with me. Like nine with whatever that line was on top of it that we learned once in math class. Yeah, never used it again. Because then we decided to fucking use, I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) Well, that's when they started to throw the alphabet into math. Yeah, fuck that. Like letters have no business being next to numbers. I don't get that shit. You know, oh, that's I'm why a... I love listening to like Sean Carroll or Neil deGrasse Tyson where they explain physics and you have no way of knowing if they're right or wrong and just go, well, that sounded smart. All right, I'm going to go repeat it to this guy. I got When I got hit by Sabu, I fucking forgot my multiplication tables for a month. <laughs> that's not true, but it's funny. Oh, there was, so, there was some comedian. I God, I wish I remembered his name. But he was suggesting you pay sluts to get, like, important things tattooed on their lower back. So, like, at least if they're sleeping around, the people will pass a test. <laughs> like, one girl has the first five presidents, another six through ten, another eleven <laughs> That's great. That's great. It's like a code system. Right. Put all the strippers together and you find the golden fucking prize. <laughs> it's like a fucking weird fucked up Dakota ring. And, and it'll I don't know, it'll be some weird thing like, did you run the Oval Office? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Oh, oh. Yeah, oh, it's okay. That's It was still funny. Luckily, I cannot stress enough, I am not the one who came up with that. I wish I was, but I am not the one who came up with that. Speaking of sad boy, no, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. I was just trying to find a segue. Oh, uh, well, the, the sad boy did not help Wayne, something Wayne, Wayne, Wayne Brady. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne Brady fell to swerve, and, and like, and then he's throwing up the W like he's in Weezer. Like, <laughs> like he saw, I was like, why is this guy doing this W thing? I don't get it. You know what clicked? We we weren't recording at the time because you know Putin was mad, but yeah. 
when they did the little swerve and Keith Lee as partners, Keith Lee walks right past everyone who smashed a cinder block on his stomach, smiles abound, and yeah. he's like, we got this, guys. Yeah, it's like, maybe they hit him so hard he forgot what happened. Like, we've still never gotten a regular match between those two, have we, that I know of? No, I don't think so. But you know what's awesome, though? Like, and I talked about this on Twitter. That like, he dyed his hair again? He dyed his hair, but that was the fucking Keith Lee that I love. Yes. He oh, when the... he threw Darby Allen across oh, the world? Fuck yes. That was, yeah, that was that was the Keith Lee I remember who came out in the Royal Rumble when Brock Lesnar was in the ring and Brock Lesnar fucking took a step back. Yes. That's the Keith Lee that I love. The Keith Lee we got to see launch Adam Cole over the guardrail into the fans. Sorry, the yes. quote fans yeah okay yeah the the plans plans (laughs) plans the plans fans also in that one of my favorite cinematic moments which i can't believe AEW hasn't recreated adam is standing on the apron and keith lee rises like the kraken behind him and just (laughs) grabs yes no dude that was i tweeted about it too that was such a fucking great moment. Yes. Fucking Keith Lee back like the way I remembered. That was the other thing about Keith Lee, man. Keith Lee was starting to make me fucking love wrestling again. Because I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not as big as Keith Lee, but Keith Lee's a bigger guy, right? And he can move. That's yes, a cool he thing. Can. He's agile. I COVID took a fucking toll on him real bad. But I think he's starting to get it back. I think he's finally starting to, because how old is Keith Lee? Because he's got to be like, what, almost 40. I'm sure we can find out super quick. Because if he's 38. Yeah, so, okay, so yeah, he's almost 40. So that explains like the white hair and the white beard and shit. um, And for those who question Chris Jericho's work ethic, 52. Yeah, no shit, right? Homie is still fucking like holding up at 52, fucking putting on good matches. And MJF, not even 30 yet, 27. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like the guy has a high risk style, so he'll be doing this till he's 50 easy. Oh, yeah. He was smart when he fucking started working on his his gimmick. He isn't the guy that took the huge bumps. He's not like Darby Allen. You know, Darby can take those bumps because he's like fucking 20 pounds. Right. So when he lands on a table, he just bounces off of it because it he's yeah, he's like a feather. You know, still my favorite Darby Allen spot, only because some guy on Twitter was a jerk. But Darby launches it mock Jesus out of the ring. I love that. And he hits the giant, right? Uh Satinum Singh. Yeah. And some guy on Twitter takes it and when he hits, it makes like you when you squeeze a chew toy and it's just <laughs> and I played it on loop for like a solid five minutes and showed everyone I could possibly find. <laughs> oh. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, fuck it, doodle do. Oh, you got me crying. 
That's funny as shit. I'm so mad I never I'm so mad I don't possess the editing skills to make it and for the genius to think of it I know right oh god damn it that's (laughs) okay so that reminds me of something and it wasn't funny it was not funny but it was so ludicrously stupid that i i think i laughed like it fucking hit my funny bone and i laughed for like two hours straight me and my weird ass friend john john's sitting there and john's a weirdo anyway but we're watching we're playing i think it was uh 2k13 right wwe 2k13 where you could download storylines like they would make it so that like you could you could do your own storylines and upload them to the to the network and you could download other people's storylines that they created for their own like mode or whatever. Fucking great idea. Right. So we do this and we we see one up on the board. This is and this is right when Jerry Lawler had his heart attack, like on Raw. Oh no. <laughs> so I'm like, and I said the same, I did the same reaction. I'm like, oh fuck, what did somebody do? And like I had all high ratings P and like you look on it, had all these like laughy faces. And I'm like, oh no, I've got to see what this is. So I download it. And I'm like, maybe it's like a match. And like they're having a match and then something happens and Jerry Lawler has probably and they're like kind of recreating it, whatever. Oh no, that's not what that's not what happened. I wish I could have recorded this because it was so goddamn stupid. The you come out, they come out, and like Jerry Lawler's music plays, right? He starts coming out of the entrance ramp. And he's all like this. And I'm like, oh God, what are they gonna do? All of a sudden, out of nowhere, out of the fucking heavens, like Chris Rock in Dogma, the great <laughs> the great Kali falls and lands on Jerry Lawler. <laughs> Storyline that was so Why? Why? Well, oh, it comes out of the entrance ramp. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> totally falls on him and then says, You you finished the storyline. <laughs> oh, what? Uh, I don't know why it's funny. I don't. I don't know why, but it is so funny. <laughs> okay, I gotta settle down. <laughs> I gotta calm down. I gotta go on YouTube and find that. <laughs> okay. You know, I bet you that's still on one of my Xboxes. Saved fucking games. <sighs> Goose Frappa. <laughs> I know that's for anger, but oh my god. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I'm better now. And I know you're trying to hold back, bro. <laughs> if you if you would have seen this. I swear to God, I may have pissed my pants when that happened. 
I know my face is this red right now. Yes, it is. <sighs> okay. If I ever find that, I'm going to show that to you. <laughs> and you're going to say the same thing I said. You're going to be like, what the fuck? I'm a bad person and fucking double over in laughter. Right. <laughs> like, like, that's one of those, I know it's wrong. I know it shouldn't be funny, but it is. <laughs> it wasn't even me. Like I, can, I, I have a weird sense of humor anyway, so I can understand if it was just me. But I'm looking over to the right, and my buddy John, who's got to be the weirdest motherfucker I've ever met in my life, is doubled over. I've never seen this guy laugh. When, the, when something is funny, he just has a weird blank stare on his face normally. This guy's Oh, doubled over fucking laughing in tears. And so I knew it wasn't just me. And that made me feel better about myself. <laughs> For about five seconds. <laughs> okay. All right. Enough of that bullshit. I think that's the end of that bullshit. We've discussed like everything and it doesn't get better than that. In between smuggling fucking powdered sugar across in the Kessel Run. And the Great Kelly Falling randomly on Jerry Lawler in a heart attack storyline. And wearing a stripper's t-shirt, a shirt with a stripper on it to the guy that he's, who's obsessed with his house and point and laugh. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's, I think that's it. You know what it sounds like? Did, did you ever see that episode of South Park where Butters is obsessed with the girl from Raisins? <laughs> yes. And like every time he tries to get close, the security guard pushes him back and she says, yeah, that's great, sweetie. Make sure you come back to Raisins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fucking weird bouncer. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Yeah, that's that was that guy. That guy that guy was weird anyway like even for like the time period because like that's i mean we're in like the the late 90s where weird shit people were into weird shit like here's an interesting story i was in the band and we were hanging out with some of the other bands that weren't that didn't have rockstar cock we were hanging out with the other bands and we were going over to some rando's house i've never met this guy it's the drummer from one of the other band's brother, right? Figure that shit out in your head. I don't know. But we go over to this guy's house. And I, and and this drummer, he's got really long hair. He's like a metal head, you know? And I'm like, okay, we're going to like his brother's house. Maybe his brother's like, I walk inside and I see this dude. And I'm not shaming this dude because I wouldn't do that. But I walk in and I say... Oh, okay, well, well, you know, this is cool, whatever. It's nice. It's not a not a fucking like richo richy rich house, but it's a fucking nice little house out in the country. I walk in and here is this fucking guy. Hairy as fuck, right? Okay, so do you remember do you ever see space balls? Yes. Okay, do you remember when they find their stunt doubles? Yep. And 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 uh Fr Princess Vespa's stunt double turns around and it's like this dude with the mustache and a cigar. Yep. Okay, this is what that guy looks like. 
Washing dishes wearing a yellow pastel dress. Okay. And I'm like, and like I've never seen like the, anything like that before in my life. Like I'm a sheltered guy. I live out in the middle of nowhere. You've seen where I come from. Right. I walk in here and like I said, I'm not shaming it. I'm just, I'm more in shock and awe because this is shit I've only like read about. You know, this is like MTV News, like, you know, and it's a show like that, you know, and I'm like, and then we're still in this small, smaller area around here, pretty close to where I live now. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And I look over at my, my friend and I go, I bet you this motherfucker has a, my life with a kill, a thrill kill cult CD in his fucking living room, doesn't he? <laughs> and it, it gets weirder. So, like, I'm not shaming this guy. Like I said, this guy was a nice dude, and he was just doing his, like... But back in the day, like, he wasn't even, like, a transgender. It was just... That was an, an alternative thing that people did. It was just... It was a weird time, and people were experimenting, doing different things. He wasn't transgender. He was just, like, doing it because it was weird. Like, I asked him about it. And he was just like, hey, you know, I just felt like wearing a dress. Okay. Whatever, like, bro. God bless. Okay. You do you. You know, whatever. That's not even the weird thing that happened. I go to the, like, this is like a fucking time warp, weird fucking, like, I jumped through one of Rick and Morty's portals, right? And I go into the front room, and there's two le two lesbians making out, whatever. There's fucking hentai on the television, a tentacle rape going on. There's two people looking there fucking going, yeah, yeah, you know, just watching. And then I look over... And God damn it, on the goddamn coffee tables of my life with the Thrill Kill Cult CD. <laughs> and I look over at my friend and I'm like, oh, I fucking told you I wasn't the... That was the only part of that that I found odd. Like, I was like, I was right. <laughs> Motherfucker listens to my life with the Thrill Kill Cult. So when was... you just kind of look over like, nailed it. <laughs> I, yeah, I was very proud of myself. Because I was like, Fucking, I can read people, man. I can read them like a book. <laughs> I had never met this guy before, but like, just because I had heard about him, people were like, oh yeah, you know, so-and-so is like, he's kind of a weird guy, but he's all right. He's like, you know, he likes a lot of weird shit. I'm like, I bet she listens to my life with the thrill kill cult. Sure enough. There it was. <laughs> right, sitting right next to two, two, two lesbians making out, watching hentai. I've never seen shit like anything in this house ever before this. Like, I'm not saying it's bad or wrong. I'm just saying that, like, for me, that was super culture shock. Because I was like, because I, like you said, you know where I grew up. The fucking, you know, middle of nowhere, fucking Bible parents, you know, shit like that. Well, Bible mother and a dad that just rolls his eyes about it. <laughs> and I walk into this house and like I said, I feel like I walked into a Rick and Morty portal because i was like what is happening so this dude over here looks like princess vespa he's fucking like in a yellow pastel dress and 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 like 10 feet away and the next room is two lesbians making out watching hentai while two guys are going yeah 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 and a fucking my life with the thrill kill cult cd on the coffee table <laughs> to this day i've never seen anything weirder than that in my life which is saying a lot, considering what studio you work with. Yeah, this is shit that Troma would produce. Like, if I just took a camera in there, 
fucking Lloyd would fund the shit out of it. <laughs> he would give me more money than they give me for my show. <laughs> that, was, that would be great. Just send Lloyd like a five minute, just so you know, this is what I can give you. <laughs> it was bizarre. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's the energy drinks that are making him remember all this shit. Because I forgot all about that until something about laughing about Jerry Lawler fucking having the cock drink all he fall on him. Fucking sparked all these other memories of weird, weird fucking strange ass shit that I've seen in my life. I don't know. Like the time fucking I, sh- uh, I was at an indie wrestling show and I walk in and I see fucking Tommy Rich and he looks like CeCe DeVille. Ew. From fucking Poison. I'm like, wait a second. Because I, excuse me, <clears throat> ah, bless me. Any, anyway, I walk into this convention and I look over and I literally couldn't tell if that was Tommy Rich or CeCe DeVille. I was like, either CeCe DeVille got really old or Tommy Rich <laughs> fucking joined Poison. Like, I don't know what happened. That was weird. Either one is possible. <laughs> yeah. And and then that was such a weird experience because that was I met Al Snow for the first time at that show. And I walked up to Al Snow and I said, Al, you're my favorite wrestler of all time. Like everything you've done is fucking spectacular. And that's the truth. And it still is. Al's like, because you're my biggest fan, I'm not even going to charge you for this autograph. Nice. And he fucking just gave me a fucking autograph. He was charging like 20 bucks an autograph. He fucking just gave it to me. He's like, you're... You, since I'm your favorite wrestler, I cannot fucking charge you for this. That was one of the coolest things, like, ever. You should have charged me, because that was one of that show where the cops showed up and fucking the promoter <laughs> had locked himself and Marty Jannetty was threatening to kill him. <laughs> and there was Al Snow having just gone home and was 20 bucks short for the meal he wanted. He's like, God damn it. I can't go to Denny's now. I have to go to Shoney's. <laughs> I would go to Sizzler, but it's closed. You know, my friend and I were just talking about that. It's amazing. I will pick a Denny's over just about anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, if there's an IHOP right next to a Denny's, we're going to Denny's. Like, if you guys are going to IHOP, that's cool. Someone just put me on speaker and leave the phone in the middle of the table. But I'm going to Denny's. Dude, fucking, okay, so Denny's. I'm just remembering all this shit now. It's just fucking just rant. I don't know, maybe I like the shit that's like getting hit by Sabu fucking finally wearing off. I don't know what happened here. <laughs> I need to drink more of these energy drinks. But like the these are the shit Ophidian got me hooked on. Oh, the it, C4 is that another C4? No, this is a ghost. It's a green apple uh fucking warhead fucking energy drink, zero sugar. Like he got me hooked on these fucking things. I gotta try those. I'm on the NASA's. Oh, dude! These like if you like sour shit, yes, the, the Warhead ones you'll love them. I wish Did I would have bought ever, more. In elementary school, my friends and I—the big thing, the how much of a badass were you at a private Christian school? I can't stress that enough. Was how many sour Warheads could you keep in your mouth at one time? Yes, yes, yeah, we did that shit. It was like we do that while we were playing quarters. Yes. <laughs> Kids today will never understand about, you know, all the fucking how cool we were when we were trying to rip each other's fucking knuckles open with quarters. <laughs> oh, we had, uh, they had to change a school policy and they had to hire gardeners because kids found 
honeysuckle. So they were taking it out thinking, oh, this is edible. And you uh, just know the poor principal is sitting there like, God damn it, I can't fucking believe this has to be a goddamn rule, but fuck. <laughs> like, I always picture laws start off as, like, typed and organized, and then there's five blank sheets at the end that just go, I can't fucking believe you animals are making me write this. But <laughs> It's probably just mad libs. Right. <laughs> God, like, yeah, so I lost, I, I actually lost what I was thinking of, that memory like, that fucking hit me in the head. Oh my God, recently, <laughs> I got to hear someone in Congress actually say, the Founding Fathers had this to say about internet rights. And I just stopped it right there and went, not a fucking thing. The Founding Fathers had not a fucking thing to say about internet rights. They said that we could have our cake and eat it too. <laughs> like, you can say the Founding Fathers said this, and I think this is how they would feel about internet rights, but I promise you, the word internet does not appear a lot in the Bill of Rights. <laughs> no. And if it does, well, we need to find the fucking time traveler's wife right. or whatever. Or whatever that fucking show is. That movie. Isn't that what it is? The time traveler's wife or some shit? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Or fucking, what was the, what was the one where Keanu Reeves would Put a fucking letter in the in the fucking mailbox, and Sandra Bullock would find it and pull it out. Oh, the the lake house. Yeah, that's what it is. You remember that movie, The Cider House Rules? No. It was like a it was like an Oscar nominee or some bullshit. It's called The Cider House Rules. I to this day I still have no fucking idea what that movie is. All I know is I used to piss off a lot of the film students at fucking in film school because they would always talk about like it's a really great artistic film and we really like it. I'm like, so what so what you're saying is the cider house rules. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that's not what it's trying to do. I was like, well, that's I don't see the problem here. <laughs> like, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I made all those fucking kids so mad all the time. Yeah, but eventually that just gets fun. <laughs> oh man, I got into a fucking argument like it wasn't even an argument because i wasn't i wasn't even serious i was just trying to fuck with these kids because they pissed me off so bad like they, they were talking about michael b jordan which i'm not a huge fan of michael b jordan anyway because and it's not even michael b jordan's fault it's josh trank's fault because i fucking can't stand josh trank's movies i don't know if you know who josh trank is it sounds familiar but i hesitate to say yes he made that um it was like a found footage movie where they were superheroes and they found some meteor like i can't remember what the fuck it was called but i had michael b jordan and a couple other people in it god what the fuck was that movie was it fantastic four no but that's that i'm lead i'm getting into that i'll get into that okay in a second. no oh, this chronicle movie, chronicle yes god damn that movie that was one of the worst movies i've ever seen in my life and then, then he releases, I remember being in the theaters watching something and I see the previews for Fantastic Four Stick because that's what I call it because that's what it looked like when it, the, you know, it said Fantastic Four Stick. Like The thing was naked. I'm just throwing that out there. Yes. And I saw the preview for that and I'm like, this is going to be the most god awful piece of shit I've ever watched in my life. Most people were pissed off because they're like, 
Johnny Storm's not black. I'm like, I don't give a fuck what color Johnny Storm is. He's going to be on fire most of the time. So does it really matter? Plus, like of all the problems that movie has, that's not even in the top 10. Yeah, that's not even a problem, right? The problem with that movie was, the major problem with that movie was, and it wasn't even Kate Mara as, as Sue Storm, even though she didn't have the iconic look that Sue Storm has. And it wasn't even Michael B. Jordan and, and how they weren't actually siblings. They were step-siblings or foster siblings or some bullshit. That wasn't even the problem. The major problem with that movie is when I saw it come out and they're talking about it and they're like, in this movie, Josh Trank says that we're going to make Dr. Doom a blogger. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, Dr. Doom. Yeah, what is he going to be again? Oh, he's going to be a, a vlogger. He's going to be like a video vlogger, and he's going to be evil. So the I'm future like, leader of Latveria. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so you're telling me that one of the most iconic, badass fucking supervillains in the history of Marvel Comics is a vlogger. Well, yeah, because it's going to be great, Enma. This movie is going to be the fucking worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Guess what happened? That movie was one of the worst fucking movies I've ever seen in my life. Right. I it even was. tried. I even tried. I tried. I knew shit. And I'm like, you know what? I'm a fucking, because I was in film school. I'm like, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do, I'm going to watch this for the same reason that I watched all the Twilight movies. So that when I fucking bitch about it, no one can tell me. Well, you haven't even seen it. And I can be like, oh, motherfucker, I've seen it. And it still sucks. That's why I watched Fan Four Stick. Because I was like, I know this movie is going to be garbage, but now when I bitch at it in film class, people will not be able to get mad at me. But anyway, so the, this kid's going really pissed off at me because I'm like, that movie was garbage. And it fucking didn't like do anything for those characters that actually like made those characters shit. There was no reason why they recast needed to recast it. The other two movies were just fine. And then he starts going on. He's like, well, if you hate that movie, then you're really going to hate the fact that that Michael B. Jordan wants, uh, wants to be MJ in the new Spider-Man movie. And he, they're going to make, you know, Peter Parker gay and all this stuff. I'm like, okay. And first thing pops in my head is like, I really don't give a shit who's fucking who. I don't care. Like, whatever. So at this point, I'm just like, okay, motherfucker. Because I was the old guy in class, so they thought I was, they automatically thought I was, like, fucking right-wing and fucking red right. state. And I'm not anything like that. It's like, fine, if you're going to fucking pigeonhole me into that role, I'm going to really make, I'm going to fuck with you, and I'm going to make you pay for it. Oh, dude, I ripped it into this guy. And I went on, and my teacher's just sitting back, because my teacher's the same age as me. Like, I think our birthdays are, like, a day apart. And we're just sitting there, and, and she sees this happen. And I look at her before I retort to this guy. And she looks back at me. She's like, don't, please don't, don't do it. And I'm like, I'm looking at her like, you know, this motherfucker's asking for it, right? And she just looks at me going, nod your head. And I go, all right, motherfucker, here's how it's going to go. Fuck you and fuck Iron Man 3. That shut him up real quick. Yeah, go, go buy some Gwyneth Paltrow candles. Uh, the, uh, the the best part of that whole fucking story was the uh, the fucking 
the the unspoken words between me and my friend who is my professor and she's just like like nodding like don't do it Nate. jesus christ don't do it don't do it and i'm like <laughs> and i tried i tried not to do it i fucking bit my tongue and finally when they were like you're just like you're just a fucking like you don't like i don't i forget what he fucking told me like he was this guy called me a fucking homophobe and a bunch of other shit after i'd literally just said i don't care who's fucking who it's none of my business like <laughs> literally what i said verbatim to this guy and then he called me a homophobe because i said that and i think first thing i said was do you even know what that means because i'm like the antithesis of homophobe i don't care i'm more of like the ag agnostic like who just doesn't care i'm atheist i don't give a fuck about i find that. the instant that's thrown out that's the equivalent of whatever <laughs> yeah so yeah i just love that because i looked over and i go fuck iron man 3 <laughs> the guy's just like looks at me and he turns tail because everybody knows that movie sucked right like yeah the mandarin that's all i'm gonna say you take that movie, You that was the worst case of false advertising in a fucking movie trailer I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. And I will tell you this, you cannot fucking do that to people. You can't take a, a, an amazing actor like Ben Kingsley, Sir fucking Ben Kingsley, make him the best iteration of fucking Mandarin ever, and then turn him into a fucking drunk actor. Right. Because you want that Killian, whatever motherfucking name, that guy, I forget what his name, I don't even give a shit. Like, I don't even like that guy. I'm like, you, that was the greatest villain you guys have come up with yet. Like, the portrayal of him doing, like, the whole Osama Bin Laden thing on the videos, it was fucking amazing. And it was like, current. It was current and it was fucking awesome. And the trailers and all that, I'm like, Ben Kingsley's fucking amazing. Because Disney didn't want to ha like have an Asian stereotype, Fu Manchu. Right. Like have an Asian do it. So they did it, but they did it with Ben Kingsley. And I'm like, the first thing I saw when I saw that trailer was like, oh, oh fuck, we're going to see Fin Fang Foom, aren't we? That's going to be fucking cool. Giant Dragon's going to fucking show up. And then Iron Man's going to have to fight... Oh, no, that's not what we got. We got a fucking nerdy dude who fucking can make himself hot. Yeah. And 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 Ben Kingsley, who gets pigeonholed into... And and, and, and then they did... Um, what was the movie that came out? Um, Shang-Chi? Shang and the Legend of the Ten Rings, yes. That, that was a cool fucking movie. I liked it. And they, they put Ben Kingsley back in that as, like, the fucking guy again. And I that, and I was automatically pissed off. Like of all the recent Marvel movies, that one was the least offensive to me. Yeah, that was. Or just I I had fun. It was a fun ride. I don't see what the problem was. Which is great because he's like in the new Avengers movie that's coming out, which is going to be cool. Like he's part of the new Avengers, which he's going to be the only part. He and Thor, him and Thor, are like the two that are going to be fun in that. Because right. I have a feel, I have a feeling he's going to be the serious one, you know. And you know what? And you know what about Shang Chi that I loved? I know we're like way off. To, I think we're done with the wrestling, but <laughs> we're way off topic. But 
the one thing I loved about that is like I did not care for the I thought that the uh, a comedian named Aquafina named after fucking shitty water was the dumbest thing in the world. I was like, why would you call yourself that? That's awful. But I saw that movie and she fucking won me over almost immediately in that movie. Like, I didn't have a problem with her in that movie. No, like, I was like, she's great. Right. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. Um, and but then that movie, the one thing that pissed me off was like when they brought Ben Kingsley back in and it reminded me about how much I was pissed off about that. And I was like, may at first I thought maybe they're gonna do a redemption where he's gonna be the fucking whole thing behind all this bullshit and they're gonna actually bring that back and fix it. It's like, no, that's not what they did. They were smart. They got this multiverse bullshit going on right now. They should just fucking fix it. Yeah. Like, why not? You're already using it to fix other things. Yeah, that was like the we most... got Charles Xavier in his chair, finally. Yes. That but that the Ben Kingsley Mandarin pissed oh, me pictures off. Pictures came out on Deadpool, yeah. Wolverine in the yellow spandex. Yes. That's that's fucking cool. I'm apparently what was it that we were talking about last night? Apparently they're not letting Ryan Reynolds fucking ad lib anything. Yeah, which I'm not sure how they can tell. Unless, like, the script is locked somewhere. Well, the thing is, is, like, is like they, they brought up last night. I can't remember if it was you that brought it up or someone else brought it up. But, like, he's in a mask. Yeah. Like, like you can just ADR that shit. Like, right. You know, you can just not. Yeah. So, I don't know how they're going to do it. You know, one thing about, I hope Negasonic Teenage Warhead is still in it. Oh, I loved her. She's my favorite character in the Deadpool movies. I loved her. I loved her girlfriend. It was yes. so much fun. What was what was who was their girlfriend? It was it was at first I thought that was Jubilee, but it wasn't. It was um it was another character and I can't remember who it was. But yeah, she, Keiko. Yes, that was it. Yeah, Keiko. Like I thought, yeah. And Colossus was fine. Like I was okay with that. Oh, Yukio. Oh, is that who it was? Yukio? Yes. I thought it was Keiko. For some but reason. yeah, like when Deadpool looks at and he's like, you are so cute. And the entire <laughs> theater had to go, yeah, she is. <laughs> I'd yeah, even but... love to see Gina Carano make a comeback somehow. Well, she'd have to like detach herself from Ben Shapiro for five seconds. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was. She would have been fine if she would have let that die down. And I then think come so. and come back, but then she then then he decided Ben Shapiro decided that he was gonna like be all fucking weird. And and then she was like, Yes, I agree. Like, I'm like, let's do it. Yeah, just let it die down and then come back and get your job back on Mandalorian because you were the best part of that show. Like, and plus it's Twitter. I promise it's not real life. No, even like, though the loudest people on Twitter are not making real world decisions. So I think one of the stipulations that SAG and fucking uh, and the Writers Guild should do, like, I'm not making fun of this. This is realistically what I feel like they should do in their negotiations. They should have it in the, in their contracts that they studios are not allowed to dictate or cancel or get rid of people based upon what the Internet says. Because, like you said, it's not real. It's a bunch of fucking assholes who don't have 
a life who are sad and pathetic. Not all of them, but like the trolls. Yeah. Are sad and pathetic and they fucking all live in their grandmother's basements. And they they should put that in there. Like you cannot fire. Well, like look what Disney did to James Gunn. Fucking fired him. That's the stupidest goddamn thing they could have ever done. Like, boy, did that backfire. Oh, hell yeah. Because yeah, because the best Marvel movies to date are the guard. I haven't seen the third Guardians Galaxy movie, but the other two are great. Oh, they're especially no one saw them coming. Yeah. Like no one saw them being the juggernauts they were. Yeah. Because at first I was like, well, they're not even doing the original Guardians. They're doing the second iteration of the Guardians. And you know what else the Guardians have that we were actually talking about it earlier? A kick-ass soundtrack. Yes. Like people do not seem to realize how important a kick-ass soundtrack is. Yes. Like, probably one of my favorites was Transformers the movie from 1987. Hell yeah, with like, Weird Al and fucking... And King Cobra and Stan Bush. Yes. Stan Bush is great in anything he did for movies. Right. The fucking Bloodsport soundtrack is fucking awesome. Um, oh, God, yeah. Like, yeah, that was the thing about Guardians, too. Yeah, you're right. Like, when I watched that, that movie cracked me up at the very beginning. When he was singing, fucking and dancing, and Marvin Gaye or whatever was that Marvin Gaye? He was singing. No, that the... was Redbone. Redbone. Okay, yeah. At the beginning of that, you know, no, Marvin Gaye was Trouble Man on Captain America, but uh, actually, but yeah. Redbone came together because Jimi Hendrix told them how great they were. Oh, nice. That's great. But yeah. So that, like, as immediately when he was dancing, he was he grabbed the fucking creature, was singing into it like a microphone. <laughs> I was uh, first off. I was automatically like, "God damn it, James!" That was the first thing that popped in my head because I'm like, I you know I'm know James's work and to work with trauma and everything else. And I'm just like, "God damn it!" Like you you fucking winning me over already. Well, that's why I'm excited for the James Gunn iteration of DC because if there's one thing James Gunn thrives in, it's buddy group movies. Yes, like he turned so the okay. So to be fair. Everyone took a shit on the first Suicide Squad movie. I didn't think it was that bad. Like, I loved the... Um, I, I don't remember a lot of the characters' names. I thought uh, What's-His-Face was great as Captain Boomerang. That was oh, fucking yeah. awesome. Like, And then they brought him back for the second one, briefly. And then the dude with the tattoos and the fire, El Diablo. Yes. I loved that character. The only thing about that movie I didn't like was the Joker. Like, I didn't like the dumb. Joker, and I didn't like how small Killer Croc was. Yeah, they really made him small. Like, it just... You went from playing Arkham Asylum, where he literally has to duck in the elevator because he's eight feet tall, Yeah. to you're the smallest member of the team. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. you know, um, Katana over there, she's, uh, she's taller. Katana just... was a great character, too. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of stuff about that first iteration. That I wish was great. they explored the sword more. Like, when she yes. was actually praying to the sword and you could see the faces in it. Yes. That was like, I need to watch that movie again because I did like it. But then the second one, the only thing I didn't care for in, in, in James Gunn's iteration was John Cena's character. Peacemaker. Peacemaker. I just didn't like that character. 
Like, and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily John Cena's fault. It was just I just didn't like the character. Like, I didn't like the swerve. I didn't like any of the other shit. I just wasn't a fan. So when the when Peacemaker the series came out, I didn't even watch it because I just didn't like the character. Um, I liked the character. Just that is one of those series that so much has come out, so it just fell by the wayside. Yeah. And you know what? Also, is like, um, but yeah, like he announced. I'm really happy that he's got able to work with Nathan Fillion again. Is that is that iteration of the Green Lantern, right? Like that's going to be cool because that that group is great anyway. Like that that um, fucking their names I can't remember the and Superman Legacy, but like that group, if I remember correctly, they were a lot of fun. Like I wasn't as big into DC. As I was Marvel. I was more of a Marvel guy, but now I think I'll probably lean more DC because Marvel's getting kind of meh. I was always Marvel movies over, or at least during the hot phase of superhero movies. Yeah. I was always Marvel over DC. Mostly because in DC they have such world beaters that it's hard to make a movie about it. Yeah, it's hard to do anything with Superman because Superman's like uh, exactly what he is superman like there's nothing right, like you can do you can do a comic cartoon whatever and make it somehow work but man as a movie it's hard to see him walk up to bruce wayne and go we need to work together yeah like, well did you ever see the batman series with pete holmes mm-hmm. so he's just making fun of batman yeah and they have the scene where he's just Bruce, we need to work together. And Bruce goes, "Why? You're <laughs> you're Superman. Just fly up, use your vision to see what's wrong, and fix it." Yeah. And then of course, Commissioner Gordon comes out like, "I saw the bat signal. What's going on?" And Batman's like, "This fucking clown wants us to work together." <laughs> and Commissioner Gordon's even going, "Why? Why?" <laughs> Yeah, Superman could clean up Gotham in, like, fucking day. Right, like, okay, you're gonna fly to the problem. He's gotta go to the airport. He's gotta get his Bat-Jet gassed up. He's gotta get a pilot for the Bat-Jet. That's funny. What is that on? Is that, like, a YouTube thingy? Oh, yeah, it's just YouTube. Okay. Cool, I'll have to check that out. Um, If you also have a chance, Street Fighter Red Tape. Okay. And I'll it's all it. the red tape the Street Fighters have to go through in order to be the Street Fighters. Okay, cool. Can only imagine the story of Phelan, Jesus. Right. Um, um, I watched Ant-Man Mania. finally. Yeah. I, I tried to watch Wakanda forever. I got halfway through. I think we talked about this, and I was like, this is stupid. Like, I didn't even see... Um, if the sister, I don't know anything, like, I don't know how it ended. I didn't even see if the sister was able to, like, she put on them the Black Panther mantle. I don't even know if she did or not. No clue. I hope not, because that would kind of be taking up shit all over T'Challa, but um, <laughs> you're like, I know what happens, and God damn it. <laughs> no, so, so I was, like, hesitant to watch, and I watched Thor Love and Thunder, and oh my god, that was terrible. And that wasn't even Chris Hemsworth's fault. I think he was pissed off at that movie. Oh, he did an interview where he said, I'm not working with any more mad genius directors. Yeah, yeah, I don't like, I'm not a big Taika Waititi fan anyway. Like, Jojo Rabbit 
did I was looking at that. I'm like, this is like a mockery. Like I don't like I, I it might be great or whatever. I just had no interest in watching it. And uh Thor Ragnarok was fine. Yeah. It was okay. I mean, it was not which tells I mean, me Taika can be okay if he is saved from his worst inclinations. Well, what happened was Taika fucking saw Guardians of the Galaxy and the soundtracks and shit and how he utilized that. And he fucking utilized that in Thor Ragnarok, which is what helped that movie. And after that, like when Thor Love and Thunder, it already had its stigma on it because everyone was pissed off that Jane Foster was the mighty Thor, even though Jane Foster was the mighty Thor. Well, then there was some big backlash about, oh, they need to put a trigger warning about how she gets the power or what event leads her to getting it. Like, well, someone didn't read the comics, so don't tell me how much of a fan you are. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. But that movie itself, like, Christian Bale was pretty good in it, I thought. I mean, he he played his role fine. Yeah, he was was fine. Um, I thought the part with the gods was a little odd. Yeah, they made, but they made... That was the thing. Like they did it in Endgame too. They made Thor into like this giant pussy. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, f- forgive my fucking phrasing, but they made him a pansy. There we go. It's a little better. <laughs> and they made him like just a whiny bastard, like a they, they more like a, a wood, little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> they made him a word that one might use to describe a lady part yes. or a willow. <laughs> Blank willow. Blank Willow, everybody. Blank Willow. Or a I don't know. I don't know, Gene. I, I'm going to go with Pussy. <laughs> pussy Willow. Oh. And I stole every word of that from Bernadette in the Big Bang Theory. Fair. I stole that part, what I said, from Howard Stern's private parts. <laughs> um, which, if you haven't watched Howard Stern's Private Parts, I highly suggest that that movie's really funny and it actually makes you appreciate Howard Stern. Um, because I didn't appreciate him before I watched it, and then I like, like, then I understood it a little bit. Anyway, um, yeah, they just made Thor into this just giant pansy, and I just he was like, and he was like a joke. Like, it, wasn't, like if, it wasn't even that he was a pansy; he was just a joke. Right? Like, if you watch Thor one versus love and thunder it's not even close to the same character no and i'm not saying you can't have a character evolve but like that thor from thor one would not have wound up like the thor from endgame no no um i understand he was broken and everything else or whatever that's fine but i mean the best part about endgame is when they found thanos and fucking thor decapitated him spoiler alert that was like okay (laughs) yeah i was like I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. Like, I was like, Thor pissed. He just decapitated somebody. Yeah, then the rest is a love letter to here's how we got here. Yeah. And, but yeah, so anyway, I watched Ant-Man Quantumania, and I I didn't watch it because I I was stupid, and I listened to fucking Twitter, and listened to all the people bitch about it. You know, I got, well, I mean, it was, it was both. I saw the side of people being like, fuck that movie. It's stupid and blah, 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 and it's woke. And, and then I heard the bleeding heart people being like, you guys just don't like this movie because you don't like women empowerment and blah, blah, blah. So instead of watching it, I was just like, you both are annoying me and it's exhausting. I'm not going to watch this. Like, I'm just not going to do it because both sides of these fucking assholes on social media are just making me hate things. Right. 
So after that died down, I finally, the other day, because I didn't have anything to watch, I was like, okay, so I'm going to watch Ant-Man Quantumania. My parents even watched it before me, and my parents loved Ant, the, both the Ant-Man movies, and I do too. And I'm always down for a good heist movie. That's the problem with Quantumania. It wasn't a heist movie. They, it's like they were wanting it to be a heist movie. They're like, you need to get this for us. And then it just all just got mashed together with like special effects and aliens and try to make things look as weird as it possibly could. And and I'm just like, this doesn't feel like an Ant-Man movie. Now, granted, the movie wasn't nearly as bad as what some people were saying. Like some people were just like, this is the worst Marvel movie they have yet and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, it's not that bad. It's just not that good. Right. Like it's it's just there. And I mostly just felt bad for Paul Rudd because it seems like they're trying to push him out of that role to let his daughter, like the daughter character, take over, which she was the worst part of that movie. She was annoying. Like, like it, right when she came on screen, I was like, Ugh. like, your character is exhausting and I don't like you. You know, like, like they're the first part of the movie where Paul Rudd's going, Ant Man's talking about all the shit. He's like, I did this and then I did this and blah, blah, blah. I did this and I'm at Baskin Robbins. And but I was like, okay, this is funny. You know, this is fun. And then I'm in jail for protesting because the cops were bad. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck me. God damn it, Disney and your agendas. Fuck. And I was like, why can't we just keep it agendas at it? That's the one thing I don't like about Secret Invasion. Like, at first, I loved Secret Invasion. I'm like, this is pretty fucking cool. You know, I was like, fucking Nick Fury or fucking, you know, Rhodey and shit. And then they start going on about topics and agendas. And it's like, I can appreciate that you want to, like, highlight that. You know what I mean? Like, it needs a fucking venue and it needs to be highlighted but i just want to watch my comic book movies because i like comic books i don't fucking care about this other stuff i care about this other stuff when i'm not watching a comic book movie you know what i mean i care but i movies are sorry go ahead when brody and nick are talking in the restaurant brody says I went into a secured room and they told us all about the alien invasion. I know what happened. The next sentence he says is, there's no way we're being invaded by that many aliens. Like, you just said you knew. Yeah. You just said they took you into a room. And for those of you who have never heard of one of those rooms, there's no electronics of any kind. There's no note taking of any kind. And God help you if you say a word outside of that room. Yeah, fucking MSEC, bro. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, the next sentence is, I don't believe you about this invasion. Like, okay, but Rhodey, you fought aliens invading. Yeah. Like, you you were there in New York, not helping because it was Avengers 1 and you weren't a thing yet. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, it's a thing. Yeah. Uh, I just, and this is what Hollywood has forgotten. Okay. And you know what? I really hope that with the writers and because you know that the agendas being filled in these movies are being forced upon these writers by the studio heads 
to make more money from dumbasses who are going to buy into the fact that the Hollywood studio execs actually give a shit about their fucking, you know, fights because they don't. They're just trying to get more money from you. Oh, just ask what Disney's going through and all the people they recently let go. Like, yeah, they're starting to say, hey, let's just go back to making money. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's like it's just like wrestling. It's dissension. It's you're fucking playing sides, and it's stupid. But the, when I I care about these issues, okay, I'm not saying that I don't care, you know, about the specific issues where are they're fucking humanitarian issues. You know what I mean? Like they're human rights issues. I care. I do. But I care when I'm not wanting to escape from how fucking awful this world is. Right. I, you know, and this may sound terrible, but this world sucks. Okay? Like, there are great things about the world. I'm not saying that I'm uh, fucked everything. Everything that's going on in this world right now with dissension between people and no unity and no camaraderie and it's fucking awful. So when I want to watch a movie, I don't want to hear about ideologies and, and rights. I want to escape. It's like fucking Blind Melon said in No Rain. Read a book, you know, it's a great escape. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what they said. That's exactly what movies should be, and that's what they used to be. They were an escape about how fucking shitty our lives were. It was in the 70s with the fucking Cold War. 60 you know all that shit and the 80s where fucking all these terrible things are going on you know in the 90s with desert storm and the 2000s with the with you know iraqi freedom and all these world problems the one thing we could say is we need to escape from all of this fuckery and i just want to watch a movie so that i can feel good for five goddamn minutes without having to worry about all your bullshit you know it's like i will worry about bullshit when when i'm not doing this but let me watch a fucking movie without being preached to so that i can just fucking enjoy the things that i enjoy and that's what hollywood and like i said i'm not blaming the writers because i'm i'm 99% sure that when disney We'll go with Disney because they're probably the worst about it. When Disney goes to make a movie, they're like, okay, well, I we need, and I, 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 you know, like. They have boxes they want to check. Yes, yes. And they're like, oh, okay, well, we need to make sure not to offend China because that's where our big, our big revenue stream comes from. We need to make sure that we don't offend the right wing. We need to make sure we don't offend the left wing. We need to make sure we don't do this. We need to make sure. How about just fucking care and we make something that's fun and entertaining we're like i said for five goddamn minutes okay for two fucking hours i can just be like ah this is nice to see the adventures of indiana jones whatever you know what i mean or or and just a quick thought on movies for everybody can we bring back the hour and 45 minute movie can we bring back the 60 to 80 million dollar movie? Yes. Like those were so much fun. 
these movies don't even need that. Like, it's like, like it costs it costs pennies to make Friday the Thirteenth, all of them, and they made bank. Yes, like I'm still shocked they don't come out once a year. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they a lot of those slasher films from like the late '70s and early '80s, they were made for fucking peanuts, right? You like, know, how much do you think it costs to make Halloween? Like nothing. Yes. And I think Halloween, I think it wasn't much. I was like at the time, it was like a hundred. I think if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, so don't fucking get pissy with me, internet. Um, I think they made Halloween for like 150k. Maybe a little less. I think that's what their budget was. I mean, change it up for inflation and things like that, you know, maybe like four hundred thousand or something. You know, I swear to God, even on the stupid IMDb thing, it's not in order. Yeah. Nope. Halloween, the first one, 325000 Okay. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. And then they put, they pulled in $47 million domestic. Right. That That's a return of how much? Yeah. <laughs> like, almost $47 million? And, like, I mean, yeah, Halloween was one of those movies where they're like, oh, shit. And then fucking Sean Cunningham and and fucking um what's his nuts the producer and all that and they were like oh we can capitalize on this shit and then they made them one of the most iconic films of all time right yeah all, uh, to be fair iconic series of series of films of all time what was that frank mancuso jr was like the executive producer on that i think um i think yeah and, and i so don't he, know to he be, was making some bank to be fair i am t- terrible at directors producers and all that i'm not as good as i used to i used to know all this shit when i was super obsessed but now i'm fucking jaded so i don't care as much i only care about my friends and what they do you know what i mean like i'm so goddamn excited to watch where the devil roams like i am so elated i'm really hoping that like that toby and them are like here here's a fucking screener so i can watch it but i'm willing to wait because you know they're my friends and i appreciate everything they do um, no even from the interview which i will give away nothing it yeah. sounds amazing yeah yeah so like, even I'm, how I'm... they sold it just sounded so cool yeah and just for laughs friday the 13th the first one five hundred and fifty thousand. okay like i dare you give a starving kid who wants to make a good movie five he he'll give you good stuff and they made, I mean, those were all indie films at the time. The problem with indie films now, and it's not all of them, but everything has to be art house. Right. And that's one thing that I got in arguments with the, the other film students in film school. Because they were like, one motherfucker was, they were, we were doing our fucking capstone project, which was a multi-departmental thing where we had the theater department for actors. We had the English department for the writers, for the scripts. We had, you know, the the film department to produce the thing and take care of it. We had the music department scoring it, right? It was a multi thing. Well, everyone has other fucking classes. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the theater students have other things to do. Everybody has other things that they've got to get done. Well, there was a motherfucker in my, in, in the capstone. I had, I actually could be in the fucking only old, like the old person. Everyone looked at me like grandpa. Ha, ha, ha. I'm like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> 
<laughs> for some reason I get a New York accent when I'm pissed off and I'm not even from there. I don't get it. But anyway, this guy, the theater. Okay. So my actors are telling me about this fucking guy. who's in one of the other films who's fucking the theater. The, the actors from that, sh that shoot are getting pissed off and wishing they could have worked with me because I'm very matter of factly. Like I'm like, let's get the shot done. Let's not fuck around, you know. Plus, I'm good at fixing things in post. I'm really good at that. That was one of the one mantra they told us not to do is never say fix it in post. Right. And I'm like, but being me, I'm like, I can't rely on anyone. Any venture I've ever done where I've had to rely on somebody specifically for something, they've always fucked me. So I've learned how to fix everything myself because I know that I'm probably going to have to. And I got that a lot from being in bands because, oh, my God. <laughs> and if my friends are listening to this, I'm very sorry. But drummers are the most unreliable motherfuckers I've ever dealt with <laughs> in my life. They don't show up. They always fucking have an excuse. It's like we've been planning this fucking gig for like two months. Oh, well, you know, I decided I wanted to go. And like, you know, we got a fuck. Okay. I'll go back to the other shit in a minute, but I'm going fucking rants. Remind me what we were talking about before this so that I... Oh, I've got it saved. Okay, good. We were... Uh, my band wrote a song about Dragon Ball Z. In the height of Funimation bringing that show to light. This is like the late 90s, right? Like where fucking Dragon Ball's huge. Dragon Ball Z is huge. Over here. We didn't even have all the episodes yet, Right. We write a song called Kami. Okay. And Funimation finds out about it. Right. Because we did a show somewhere and someone knew somebody who fucking knew Funimation. So they told Funimation about this song where this fucking crazy guy is on stage, me, screaming fucking Kamehameha and doing all kinds of crazy shit. Funimation emails me. They're like, we want to hear your song. I don't have it recorded. I have a video of us performing it. Okay, send it to us. Okay, I send it to them. They email me back and say, this song's great. We want to put it on the show. I'm like, holy fucking shit. I love Dragon Ball. Holy fuck. Yes. Like, it was the complete opposite of me in the car with the cocaine. Right. <laughs> I'm like, this is a fucking amazing. This is the most amazing thing ever. Right. And I'm like, yes. And they're like, we will pay for you to come out to LA or it was New York, whatever, wherever we will pay One of the for the big cities. Yes. We will pay for you to come into a professional studio and lay down the tracks for this and have it professionally mixed. All you have to do is show up. Fuck yes. I go to my band. I say, guys, holy fuck. Like, this happened. Check this email out. It's amazing. It's fucking great. This is when they want to do it. They're telling us... You have to do it here or don't do it at all. This is the time period we have to do it. Do it, And it's like two months away. So there's plenty of time to plan this. Right. 
So I go to my guitar, my lead guitar player, and I say, okay, we want to do this. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe we can do that. Okay, my drummer's like, well, you know, I might have to go to church. I'm like, you you could miss church for like a fucking one time. I'm sure church won't care. Right? Yeah. I Give respect- some extra in the collection plate. Yes. I respect <laughs> I respect your religion. I do. And I love you and you're my friend. But church can wait one time. Please. Well, I don't know. Man. I got church. Okay. Whatever. And And I think eventually he was like, okay. Right? So I convinced him. And then my bass player's like, well, I mean, first off, this shouldn't even be an argument. This should be an automatic, we're going to do this because fuck yes, we're going to be on Dragon Ball Z. Like, dude, you're on the first thing smoking to get there. Yes. And I'm like, this shouldn't even have been a fucking, there shouldn't even have been a, well, there should have been like, okay, when and where and we're going to pack now. Okay. My bass player's like, well. You know, I don't know. I might have to go, you know, my girlfriend's here and, you know, my the and his girlfriend was like my best friend. And I'm like, your girlfriend's not going to care. Trust me. Right. He's like, oh, okay. You know, so I convince him and we get down to it. And I'm like, and I tell Funimation, I'm like, okay, this is when you want to do it. We'll do it. Cool. Two months. We didn't do contracts. Thank Christ. Two weeks before we go to to do this my guitar player comes up and says well i've got this party i, I want to go to with this girl you know and i, I really want to i really want to you know with her and shit so i want to go to this party i'm like okay so you're not going to do this once in a lifetime opportunity that we don't even have to they were going to fucking pay for us to fly out there we didn't have to pay for anything they were going to put us up in a hotel they were going to fly us out there or drive us however we wanted to do it we could drive and they would they were gonna compensate us for that. My guitar player's like, well, you know, I've got a party. Like this girl wants me to get his party. And I'm like, it's two weeks away. You should have told me this that you didn't want to do this to begin with, and I could have fucking replaced you. I was so mad. Like this guy was one of my best friends. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm why? Also, just throwing this out there, if this happens, there'll be more parties. A lot yeah. more. And better ones. Uh, yeah, well, no one listened. Like I was, I was the only one doing the business aspect of everything at the time, and no one fucking listened to me about shit. They were just like, "Oh yeah, whatever, bro." Huh? You know, like I'm, I'm over exaggerating. They weren't like, "Yeah, hey, whatever, bro," but they were just like, you know, we have stuff to do, and you know, I'm like, fucking, we have two months to get this sorted out and go and do this. For one weekend, and then we can come back, and you guys can get back to your normal lives if you, you know. But we've got this amazing opportunity, right? I have another amazing opportunity right now that I want to do, but it costs money, and I don't have the money to do it. Talk about that in a minute. Um. So yeah, it gets down to the point, like two weeks, week, two weeks, or maybe a week and a half, week before, and the guys, well, I got a party to go to, I can't do it. So I had to fucking email Funimation. And say, we can't do this because my guitar player wants to get a piece of tail and wants to just go to a party. I got a response. Okay, thank you, but no thank you. I feel like the end of the email should have said, 
even though I told him if this works, we could leverage it to do a lot of tail. <laughs> I was so mad, dude. I was so fucking mad. It actually caused the band to break up. Ooh. Later, later on, because I got us a fucking gig at the Hard Rock Cafe and at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. To play at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for a bunch of record executives. I got us a gig to do that for a potential fucking record contract. We go to do this. This isn't even like the, the, this is one thing. And then there was another thing. And I'm like, we have this gig. We can go and do this. Let's go do it. We can, if you guys, it's Cleveland. It's a day trip. If you guys really feel like it, we can go do the thing and drive home at night. I don't care. You know, well, well, you know, like, uh, first they're like, yeah, let's do it. I'm like, okay and then it gets down to i think this was a this this was a different iteration of the band so because this is after everyone left and we had new members and i think they were just like oh you know we, we you know yeah we'll do it and then it got down to like maybe like two weeks before again and they were like oh you know i got we got one guy's like well i have to work and i'm like well i can't do much about that but that fucking sucks i was like didn't you fucking request it oh i forgot then another guy's like, well, I can't get away right now because, you know, I've got, like, my girlfriend or whatever bullshit. I'm like, fucking take her with us. I don't care. Right? I'm married at this point. I'm out of the military. I'm married and I'm making this shit work. Right? Right. And these guys are like, well, you know. And we fucking do that. And then, like I said, the, the facts on us might be a little distorted because it, it was a long time ago but essentially that's what it was like we had this gig set up and then i got us a fucking paid european tour right i'm good at promoting i can promote my shit i got this paid european tour to tour military bases and get paid to do it playing with the band this was a little like this one i understood more because it's really hard you can't just quit your fucking job and go on a european tour with the band i get it Right. So that that was all. I was already perturbed. Like I was like, "Damn it!" Like, you know. And so that I mean, I wasn't mad about that. I was just fucking disappointed. But the thing at the the one day fucking gig at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for record executives, that fucking sealed the deal for me. And I was just like, "Fuck this! I don't want to do it anymore." Like, this has become a staple of fucking being in bands. Unreliability. Fucking no dedication to it. You know, even when it can be, there can be dedication that won't involve your life for only for a day. So you guys are fucking everything because it's that didn't piss me off as much as the Funimation thing. That thing pissed me off the most. Still, that's why in every band biography, you always read about the one guy who has a babysitter. Like, yes. they never say it outright, but it's always, you know, we hired a personalized agent for person X, like, Oh, the yeah. babysitter, because he doesn't show up. Yes. But that's been a staple of things that I've done in my life. There's just, there's always something that happens, and there's like something big that could happen. Luckily, that hasn't happened with Fantasco. Like, I've got a really good fucking team, and they're great people. No complaints. <laughs> You're one of them. Everyone's super rad, and I did, you, you know, you don't ask for anything, even though I try to do everything I can, and it's made it successful, you know? So I've now the problem with that, but anything I've tried before this has been that. 
it's been like oh we've got this fucking huge goddamn opportunity and we can't do it well isn't it the weirdest thing when you have to pull people toward the success they were theoretically working toward yes and i became the fucking dickhole fucking member of the fucking band because i was the business guy i was trying to promote i was trying to fucking make it work like i was the one who was like setting shit up and doing things because none of them wanted to do it like and and i couldn't find and they were just kind of taking a lackadaisical approach to it. whatever we're playing music fine but i couldn't find band members who were dedicated to it like that dedicated to it you know right and that was a problem and so i started doing it anytime something becomes a business it becomes a fucking problem. That's why I, I'm so glad that I'm not in charge of business with this show. I let my fucking MBA wife handle that shit. Because <laughs> that's what she does. And all I've got to do is be creative even. And well, I still, it's a headache promoting this shit sometimes. But business-wise, I don't have to deal with that. Um, so what was I saying before I went on that rant? You wrote it down. Well, we were actually still talking about independent movies making money. Okay. And okay. just for laughs, I looked up the latest one that I saw, which was Cocaine Bear. Oh, I love that movie. It cost between 30 and 35 million and grossed over 89 million. I'd say that's a fucking success. Right. Like, even if we say, fine, you give 50% to the theaters, that's a lot of profit. Yeah. Cocaine Bear was such a fucking breath of fresh air. It was just weird. I, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but I went into it expecting a comedy. Yeah. And when it was just not that, let's just put it that way, if you haven't seen it, <laughs> I had to like switch the way I was watching it halfway through to fully understand what it was. Oh, man, I was giggling through that whole fucking movie. Like that whole movie was funny to me. Oh, no, it was funny. I just didn't expect the violence to be as violent as it was, oh, which okay. I'm perfectly fine with. Yeah. Just, like, when he tears the park ranger, like, in <laughs> half, and she falls out of the ambulance and gets her entire face taken off. Yeah. Like, I didn't expect this. I mean, I'm enjoying it, and I'm definitely going to love this part in the second watch, but I need to really rethink how I'm watching this. <laughs> I told you what my kids said about that movie, didn't I? Yes. Like, my oldest was like, this was the greatest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and my youngest looks over at me. He's not really a big horror fan. He's starting to come around. He looks over at me. And he says, this is the greatest anti-drug PSA I've ever seen. <laughs> I was like, I've trained you well, my young Padawan. You know what I find about horror? There's the one jumping off movie. And then you're in. Yeah. Like, if you never find that one movie that makes you go, man, this is awesome, and I love it. Like, for me, it was some, I think it was Spike TV, one Halloween, did all the Friday 13ths in a row. Nice. And that was the one where I went, I don't know what it is, but I am loving this. Yeah, and you got to see him edited. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, imagine when I realized there's unedited versions. There's fucking director's cuts. Dude. <laughs> so funny story about Friday 13th 5, and I don't know, some of the listeners probably know this and some of them don't, but there's a Friday 13th Part 5 
they cut so much out of that movie because the MPAA was going through that bullshit where they were fucking everybody over. You know, I rewatched the Joe Bob um, watch through of all of them. Yeah. And yeah, the whole time was like the iconic scene where he kills the camper in the sleeping bag. Yeah. Like the whole thing was he hits him twice and then the third one is the kill. Yeah. But they said, no, that's too much. It's got to be one. Like, why? Yeah. It's not, you can't even see anything. No. And like I said, part five, part five was so violent. It was directed by a porn director. <laughs> right. And this yeah. guy, like, if you listen to the commentary on the fucking Blu-rays for this, it's that guy's on there and it's fucking great. It's one of my favorite things to watch. Like I've watched Friday 13th five about a hundred thousand fucking times because Friday 13th are my is my favorite series. But watching or watching that movie with commentary from that director made that made it so much better. Cause he's just going on there like, you know what they fucking did? They fucking it's like fuck those guys. They made me take this part out where this chick gets her head spun off and shoved up someone's ass and I'm like, God, I wish I could see this. And he was talking. He's like, yeah, they took the fucking footage, all the extra footage of it and destroyed it. Like he said, they didn't keep it and put it in a vault. They just took it and destroyed it. And that's some bullshit. Yeah. And because everyone's like, ah, because if you watch Friday 13 part five, there's a couple of kills that happen. Or there's a couple of people that show up and they're dead. But you don't get to see them die. They're just already dead. Like he, like the the guy who runs the 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 um, halfway house, like the the father or whatever or that, yep. that the dude, he gets killed and they don't ever show it on camera. Apparently, it was a brutal death or something. Uh, the grandfather, like um, Reggie the Reckless's grandpa, yeah, gets killed. They never show that. You know what's amazing about that movie that so few people think of? The entire cause. For everything that happened, the guy who was chopping wood and then kills the kid, yep. nothing ever happens to him. So yeah. I like to picture he's like sitting there in jail and some police officer's like, holy shit, dude, you'll never fucking believe this, but you know the way <laughs> else you were at? He's like, yeah, you, you're not going to believe this, but you dodged a bullet. <laughs> right, like, uh, I know you're looking at life in prison, but man, did you get off lucky. <laughs> Nah, Vic would have went to if Vic wasn't wasn't exactly stable. He went to the mental home, but like they're probably in there. But like Vic, we want to let you know that all the people you were really close to at that halfway house, well, they're all dead. Oh, not just dead, like brutally. Like except for like the blonde lady and the little kid that was there for some reason with his grandfather. They're they're still there. Oh, and the guy that showed up after you already killed somebody. Like yeah, they're still around. What about uh what about those hillbillies that live next door? Like, yeah, I really like those <laughs> really like those guys. Like I, those were the only people around that I got along with. Right, and like, like they're like, oh no, they, they got it the worst. And he's like, what? And he starts freaking out in the fucking asylum throwing shit. They have to fucking give him a let. I want to see that part of the movie. That's <laughs> what Rick I freaks out. That's the fan film I'm going to make. Like everyone makes like Jason comes back and I just want to make the Vic movie. Where, like, we just see Vic and he's all pissed off and angry and he finds out, yeah, that's, a, that's a, we should, we should do this. <laughs> like, the Womp Stomp guys always make, like, Never Hike Alone and stuff with Jason, which are great. They're actually really well done and they're great. I'm going to make the one where it doesn't have Jason, it just talks about Vic. 
and like Reggie the Reckless shows up. I'm sure that guy, I, I can't remember that kid. He was Dudley in different strokes, I think. But like, but yeah, like, yeah, we're going to do that. That's I love a, it. That's a really good idea. That's what I'm going to do. That's the fan film. I'm going to find out who owns the rights to that character. And I'm going to work with them. They're like, we should do this, dude, because we could make this an indie film. Since you own the rights, it doesn't have to be a fan film. Yeah, Shavar Ross. Yeah. That would be that would be awesome. Like I and and it doesn't even have to be a horror movie. It could just be a comedy. It could just be a fucking talking head movie where they're interviewing Vic. And they're just talking about this. And Vic's like, you know what? I I don't know what went on. Like, I just don't like Mr. Goodbars. I <laughs> like, you know, if it would have been like a fucking Milky Way. Or, you know, even a baby Ruth, I'd have been okay with it, but he had to put down the goddamn Mr. Goodbar. Maybe a Rob Zombie, like, how he started, where <laughs> the kid was bullied, and he was bullied by, like, the guy had a Mr. Goodbar and was shoving it in his face. <laughs> That's the movie I want to make. And you see the kid. The kid snaps, and he beats the hell out of the bullies. Yep. And then we zoom back, but... At the same time, it zooms out from Vic's eyes, super calm. <laughs> you need to get the guy who played Vic. I wonder if he's still alive. He'll just be like, like really old in the asylum. So like, ah, uh, you know, I felt better. I felt better for like thirty-five years. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm still here, but let me tell you about the Mister Good Bar. And let me tell you about the shenanigans that was going on at that halfway house that you guys don't know about. There was this one girl dancing like a robot. Yeah, like, I don't know what the fuck was going on, but she thought she was in the Smiths. Like, I, and and then he could talk about, like, but then he could talk about the redneck lady and, and, and Junior, and he could be like, those two people are the only fucking sane people around that goddamn halfway house. And I'll tell you what, I did what I did because I just couldn't fucking handle the chicanery of what's going on at that place. He is no longer with us. Aw, that's goddamn, that's terrible. Since 1996. Oh, damn. Oh, dude, he was only 35. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, that really sucks. Poor bastard. But you heard it here, folks, on this podcast. <laughs> I'm not fucking kidding. I'm going to write that shit. Just for fun. Like, I'm just going to... And we'll just recast it. Sure, you know? why not? I mean, that's not... Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's going to be fun as shit. Like, you really just need an old, kind of big Italian dude. Yeah. Well, you know, like, that sucks, too, because the lady that played, um, played the... Ethel, was her Ethel, name? she just died. Oh, dude. She died, like, last year. So, I don't know. That's what I'm going to do. son might still be alive. I don't know. Junior? Yeah, he might be. Well, I don't, can't do much with him. He got decapitated. It's ah, not, that's right. It's not like fucking idle hands where I can put a fucking rake in him and like <laughs> bring him back. You'd be a ghost haunting Vic at the home. It's like <laughs> it's like, why are you haunting me? I didn't do anything to you. Like we were buds, remember? Like I would sneak out and like we would go and fucking We would ride like, on your moped. <laughs> yeah, we'd go hang out with fucking demon. And he's like he's like, No, let me tell you about what happened to fucking demon. <laughs> Fucking those goddamn enchiladas, like he was having problems, and some motherfucker fucking wasted him in an outhouse. <laughs> and Vic's like, the 
fuck? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> see, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is what the chicanery that was going on around that place. <laughs> you know, and the old the old guy, like, you know, Reckless's grandfather, he was always really super nice to me. Like, this could just be like him learning about all the people he liked in that movie, just <laughs> getting whacked by fucking this guy named Roy. And he's like, who the fuck is, who the fuck is Roy? Like, <laughs> Roy? You mean that fucking paramedic who was creeping around watching the goth girl fucking dance in the window on Saturday yeah. nights? Yeah, like, I saw that guy. He was by the bushes, and, like, we found a set of binoculars there one time when we chased him off. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know, like, and he's like, what are you talking about? Like, fucking hockey mask. Like, really? That guy? Like, that? that's fucking stupid. Like, you don't need that. Like the guy was crazy. He could just have done it without the mask on. I don't even understand. It's like, right. you know, you, you know, you know, the one person who annoyed the piss out of me, who I really just wish would have fucked, I hope they bit the fucking dust, is that 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 fucking lady who was in charge of that fucking place. Like, like, God, she was so annoying and she was so condescending and I couldn't handle it. And it's like, I hope that he fucking Roy or whatever fucking wasted her. Oh no, nah, she's okay. No, oh, she made it up fine. The fuck? <laughs> uh, that, yeah. Anyway, let's wrap this up. Let's, um, let's. It's a good episode. We had fun. It was a long episode, but plug the app time. Because uh, you got... have stuff to plug now. Yes, two weeks. <laughs> We have roughly two weeks, maybe a little over. August 1st is the premiere of season, Troma Season 2 of Fantastico Disaster Piece Theater on the Troma Now app, where we get to uh, we get to watch, and I'll just announce the movie, uh, Return to Newcomb High, Return to Return to Newcomb High Volume 2. Because I showed Return to Newcomb High Volume 1 in the season finale, or the season finale last season, and... I just didn't think it was right not to show the second part because it like ends on a cliffhanger and like that just bothers. That's like a, it's like a fuck in the ass. Like whenever <laughs> to put it, to put it in, to phrase it nicely and yeah, scholarly it was a fuck in the ass to like do that. So everybody uh, check out Truman now, August 1st, the premiere. It's a great time. This, this season Last season was great. This season's even better. And I'm and our and our guest for this first episode is probably my favorite guest I've ever had in my life on my show. I'm very excited about this guest coming in and we can and and you can hear about what they have to talk about. It's great. So, everybody, uh I'll be Oh yeah, that's the other thing. I'm going to be releasing um my segments without the movies of season one on my YouTube page. Like probably not all of them, but every now, like a few of them, probably the season finale last season, you get to watch the Fantastico stuff from that on my, on the better than nothing network YouTube page. Uh, and I'll put a link up on Twitter and all that good shit. So anyway, have a great time for my better half. Jason, the turtleneck Hilton. And it's been a long year since we no gringo fantastico everybody uh 
have a fucking wonderful night and uh thank you for listening and join us next week when we also talk about more things that aren't relevant to wrestling even though this is a wrestling podcast so take care everybody have a great fucking night say fuck more it's good for you put hair on your chest